Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was flipping through the channels the other day, but there was nothing good on. I had nothing to play. So I went to my computer and realized that there was so much content before my eyes. But there's nothing but Netflix in my heart and on my screen. There's always something that That's right. Nothing My Netflix is back this week to talk about the number one movie on Netflix. It's Hustle, starring Adam Sandler as a NBA scout who goes uh, in search of an undiscovered talent and uh, his journey towards uh, getting drafted in the NBA. And here we are with one of the great podcasting talents that we've discovered. Here is the great Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm a bit confused. I thought we were talking about My Little Pony. No, we were. We were. Um, we audibled. Omaha. Omaha. <laughs> That's the wrong sport, huh? Um, yes. Yeah, I, I came in fully prepared to talk about My Little Pony. I enjoyed the movie, but when you were saying, like, we should talk about Hustle, I was like, what is that? Um, but I've been getting some messages from other people saying, you know, there's this, this new Queen Latifah movie. I was like, oh, I got to check that out. And it just happened to be the same movie. So I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, did you enjoy the film? Yeah, I really did. I thought that it's uh, a really good movie. I don't know if it's a great movie, but I thought that this was uh, really a uh, you know fun uh, movie experience. I think it probably could have been a little bit tighter overall, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, it's no My Little Pony making your mark, uh, but I'm going to keep those notes just in case we want to go back to that because I enjoyed that too. But this was fun, Rob. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I agree with you that there's a lot of fluff. There's like a lot of like basketball montages and training right. montages. They're long as hell. But, you know, I think that's the kind of movie we were dealing with. I really do think that like if you are dazzled by, you know, athleticism and, you know, like just funny commentary over that, then this this is the movie for you. I think it did what needed to be done. 
Yes. And like we watched with senior year a couple of weeks ago where you said like there was like 20 minutes of like uh, cheering uh, like sequences in this movie. This movie had that with like basketball training montages. Uh, I mean, you probably could like uh, cut that in like uh, like to a quarter and, you know, um, but oh, overall, like I, I know it sounds like I'm complaining about the movie. Uh, it uh, I thought this was very fun. Yeah, yeah. To be fair to senior year, this definitely gave you that same feeling, except more. Like there was more of the just like montages and basketball games, but that's what you get from sports movies too. So you know, it's kind of it, it's like senior year it goes along with the territory. Like you're gonna have to show what they're so talented at, and you know, in that movie it was dancing and cheering, and in this movie it's basketball. And yeah, there's a lot of it, but I really do think that this could be like a classic basketball film because it's so mm-hmm. uh, like. It's, all, it's like so NBA focused, right? Like if you are a fan of the National Basketball Association, like this is going to speak to you because there's so many superstars in it. Um, you know, you get the like rags to riches story of, you know, a rise to fame for, you know, one like lowly basketball player. Like, so we've seen the story in the past, but I think it's really well done here. So I could see this being a movie that gets a lot of pl- like play in people's homes, especially those who plan on having a future in the NBA or at least are very big fans of basketball. Yeah, well, one of the things I'd like to talk to you about is just the realism of the movie and just how plausible any of this was. So I think that that'll be fun to talk through here today. And I do want to say to anybody out there that was very disappointed to not hear Chappelle and I talk (laughs) about My Little Pony, Make Your Mark on Netflix. Let me just say, if there is a groundswell of support, we we can go back and cover it. Are we going to get the bronies together? Is that what we're doing, Rob? If the bronies uh, like uh, come at us and say, mm-hmm. I don't know, if the bronies would say, hey, don't talk about My Little Pony or do talk about My Little Pony. Mm, could be too Either beloved, way, huh? You know, could be too beloved. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I'm open right. to it. Yeah, I think we could. I think, yeah, you're right. If if there's a demand for it, who are we to not give the people what they want? So I'm with you. If people want it, I say we tackle the brony, uh, the broniness later on. Maybe not next week. Maybe one day people will double back and say, you know, we really need that brony content. And I think that's what we're here to do. But to me, like, I, I feel like that the whole premise of nothing but Netflix uh, is that something's big on Netflix. We should talk about it. Yeah, and 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 when we have the number one movie of on all of Netflix right now that people are talking about this weekend, like I feel like we, we should keep the flexibility to talk about it. Yeah, hey, anything to get the timeline to stop talking about Stranger Things. Oh my god! So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think Hustle had like a ninety-two percent score on Rotten Tomatoes with over one hundred reviews and ninety-one percent from audiences. So we will be right. crazy not to talk about this movie. And so I agree. Uh, the bronies can wait. Yeah. And so this is an Adam Sandler Netflix movie. And Adam Sandler signed like a deal with Netflix to do like nine movies. And it's sort of like has been, I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing out a number there, but, it, but he signed like a $500 million deal with Netflix. And sort of like the first couple of movies he did for Netflix were sort of uh, in the like uh traditional Adam Sandler, like uh, he did like a Western movie that was wacky and stuff like that. But now it seems like that he's taken a turn more towards uh, doing these serious movies was un- was uncut jams. Uh, was that a Netflix movie? I think that so. part of this. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I watched it on online. I'm sure. So I think it was a Netflix film. 
Yes, and then this is a, a little bit more in uh, the Uncut Jams territory here of a Adam Sandler serious movie as opposed to uh, one of the wacky Adam Sandler movies that he's done for Netflix. I really like what was the Adam one he Sandler. did with Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston, uh, the one where they were on vacation. Isn't that every like third Adam Sandler movie though? Like every now and then you look up and just go with it is dropping again in like theaters or you know Jennifer Aniston murder really mystery just, murder murder yeah, mystery. But but we already had that right. Like that's what I'm saying. They they're kind of like a, a power couple these days. And uh, like he it's, he's one of her uh, one of um, she's one of his go to girls. I guess you know mm-hmm. like she's just like oh you know let me let me call in Jen and we can do the rom com thing and she's good at it. So I don't blame him. But yeah, this was a very different feel. Yeah. Okay. So first off, Chappelle, let me ask you about the name Hustle. Was this a good name for this movie or not so much? Uh, I think it was fine. You know, like uh, like there were bits of the film where we talk about hustling, you know, for money. Uh, but uh, I think also, you know, hustle is a, a term you're going to hear in a lot of basketball circles because that's what you want. You want for your players somebody who they 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 have the grit to win the game. You know, it's less about their skill and more about the the drive to win. And that includes hustling. And so I don't think it's a horrible name, but it's fine. It, it, I think it, it gets the point across. Too generic. I feel like that I probably needed to remember five different times, like, what's the name of this movie? That There's so many movies, I feel like, uh, that in, involve hustle. Like, uh, am, I, am I making that up? No. Hustle and I- flow. And Hustlers, the J-Lo stripper movie. You Hustler, remember that? Yeah. 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 I just feel like, um, so I think that Hustle is is overused. Okay. So what would you prefer the title be? Let's just talk it out. Yeah. Let's talk it out. So I was thinking about this. Um, Combine? I feel like that the, 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 mm. the Scout, like that Scout has been overused also. So. What about I, I don't Bo? know. Bo? Just hmm. bow. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know about Sugarman. Uh, Sugarman, Stanley Sugarman. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah Sugarman. Hmm. Sugarman the movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Then maybe, maybe after we talk it out, we'll come up with something. Maybe you will like hit, uh, you know, hit strike gold at some point through our conversation about the movie. Yes. Because I mean, it's a basketball film. And I think a lot of the basketball cliches are uh, already used uh, for movie titles too. So I don't know. We'd have to really workshop this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, if anybody has an idea for a better name for this movie, uh, we- we'd love to hear it. But I just feel like that the hustle was a little generic. Also, our fact checker, Sam Moore, is standing by, says Uncut Jams uh, was A24. I don't know what that means. Uh, and in theaters. Because that's yeah. a production company. That was care. not. It might have been on <laughs> Netflix, but uh, was not was not made by Netflix. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't a part of his big deal. But uh, like you were saying, Adam Sandler, like really, he's been leaning into some of his more serious roles. And I and I, re- I kind of I kind of like him. I like I like the tone shift. I think he does really well. And, uh, you know, he still manages to be funny sometimes. Like, I don't remember Uncut Jim's being in, like particularly funny at any points, but this was like a more serious role that he still brought comedy to. Yeah. And uh, and I appreciate it. It was very endearing. Yeah, Uncut Gems, he was like playing a character. I think that in this movie, I think he's kind of just Adam Sandler. Yeah, Adam Sandler as himself, the best. Adam Sandler guy. as Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler in a serious role. Adam Sandler in a serious role, I feel like it's just Adam Sandler like talking 
very slow, like some like something will happen. And he's like, okay, all right, all right, that's that's, <laughs> that's how you want to deal with it. Okay, all right, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to Adam Sandler in a comedy, like okay, like uh, like yeah. just talking like nonsense, as opposed to just talking like very slow and like uh, in just like very like at a, a low volume. Yeah, I mean, you would be the expert. Sandler's your guy, right? You're a very big Billy Madison person. I know you like Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I feel like that I have not like uh, been faithful to all of his like work over the years, but I feel like you. that, you know, in my adolescence, you know, that he was basically, you know, uh, the goat for me. Yeah, no, I mean, he did some it did some good things back then. But I really do think that like this, this is going to be like another uh, notch you know, in his belt, you know, like this is like people are going to look back on this film fondly, um, maybe not in the same like uh, vein as they do those other films we just named uh, Billy Madison, ha- you know, Happy Gilmore, all that stuff. But like, I really do think that like years to come, people are going to be looking back at this movie because there's so many big names, um, so many like iconic faces in this film that, um, yeah, as a basketball movie and as a Sandler project, I think it's going to hold up. Yeah, I, I think that this is like uh, maybe ultimately like a little forgettable down the road, but I feel like that while it's on, like this is just like your like typical like feel good sports movie. What was the last one? Um, the, the, the Kevin James movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was. I mean, that was bad, bad. Like this was <laughs> this was like good forgettable. Like uh, I don't know if there's anything in this that you know you will remember 10 years from now but like uh you know when you put it on you know it, it'll, it'll it'll give you uh like the vibes that it was intended to give yeah it now, delivers i, I think it it's understood gonna, the assignment yeah i think it's gonna do no i think it's gonna stand the test of time for a while i give it i give it a little a, a good little run because i really think there's a void in those like inspirational movies that you know you used to see those i guess um i know in the 90s, everything was kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. look, you too could be like Mike and, you know, stuff like that, where people was like, oh, if you wanted to be a basketball player, like, here's how you could do it. And like, uh, there were so many coaching movies back then, you know, Coach Carter and, you know, uh, Training Day. It was always all, all these movies about sports where well, it was like a big thing for a while, um, especially like black centered movies. Honestly, there was a lot of like, oh, like you're the one black person at this school and now you have to figure out how to make sports your way out of the hood. And I was, I was you know, very, very weird. Um, but this, this, I think it's going to be like the first one of a long time where he's like, if you sat like a high school fo- like basketball team down and made them watch this movie, I think it'd be very inspirational. And I think you could probably play this on the loop um, for the next few years to, to inspire your teams to, to, you know, to do great things, you know, moving on in life and in basketball. And there are a ton of stars from the world of the NBA just uh, littered all over the entire movie with cameos, just basically like uh, almost every notable, uh, you know, NBA personality is going to show up here in uh, some way or another. Uh, The film is also produced by LeBron James. So it's also uh, I think that that helped. He has more cachet than Sandler does. Yeah, but it's great. It's like this is probably a bigger basketball movie than Space Jam too. Like, I, I think this had more to do with basketball than Space Jam yeah. Two did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this was very like self-serving for basketball, where Space Jam Two felt like like a big advertisement, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Space Jam Two is like an advertisement for like uh, the uh, you know uh, HBO Max cinematic library, as opposed oh. to it actually uh, having to do with basketball. 
Exactly. But I, I think like, again, you find like a, a, a younger age group and you say, oh, all the big names are in here, you know, and you start name dropping all the people. And then you see this this kid who's 22 years old who makes his dreams come true. I think this is the story that you want to tell those kids who want to have who have basketball dreams. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this will this will get more play than Space Jam, too. I'm almost certain. I think so as well. And then also that the like uh, closing credits was like incredible. There were so many people in the movie like, oh, I didn't even know that was that person. Oh, yeah. Same. Uh, there were people that I spotted throughout the film and I kept saying, that's not them. Like when I saw the the, the, the professor and AO from the N1 mixtape series, I was like, that's not them. Why would they? And then by the end, I was like, oh, my God. You know, like I even started to, to fangirl a little bit. So I can only imagine what mm-hmm. the kids are going to do when they see, you know, today's superstars. Personally, I don't really fangirl over today's superstars because I'm older than them. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, like uh, uh, some right. part of my yeah, some part of my life is right. like, okay, it's, these it's are children. hard to stand somebody who's uh, much younger than you. Yeah, I, uh, my uh, one of my good friends in college, he's older than me. He told me, you know, a man can never wear another man's jersey if they're younger than him, and that really mm-hmm. hurts because that Lamar Jackson jersey is calling my name. <laughs> like if I got to if I got to latch on to any toxic masculinity, I don't want this one. I like I really, but I can't shake it. Ever since he told me that, I was like, you know what, you're right because these are kids, but also I could wear that jersey. So uh, yeah, it's it's hard to stand these children, but. You know, somebody will. And I think uh, this is going to be a movie that really allows people who are fans of the NBA superstars today um, to latch on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, so uh, lots of uh, NBA stars all, all along the way. Um, also, a lot of uh, time with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I, this isn't, was, I don't think this was great PR for the Sixers. Like I, it, it kind of like throughout the film, I found myself saying, why don't you just leave? Like leave the organization, not, not leave, like uh, quit your job because definitely quit your job. It was a hundred percent at one point. I was like, okay, you have to stop working here, but also mm-hmm. maybe see who else is hiring. Um, so I don't know if everybody else is going to get that feeling, but I definitely was like, well, Stan, if you're that valuable as a scout, Sure, somebody else will take you. I mean, the way you're ch- the way you're chasing down this uh, like Spanish basketball player, like I'm sure the Mavs will have you in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was like an accurate representation of the way that like an NBA front office works. I feel like that um, there didn't seem to be a general manager in the mix, uh, and I, I don't know. It just seemed like that it was very much like a like family run organization, the 76ers uh, in this universe. And that's not completely out of the question, right? Like we've seen other basketball teams that are basically just products of nepotism. Um, yeah. You know, um, look no further than winning time, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that's, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, a long time ago. I'm, I'm not sure what the current state of how the Lakers are run <laughs> are, uh, you know, and uh, like in, in real world times, you know, you have uh, you know, a very capable uh, general manager uh, at the 76ers in Daryl Morey, uh, who had uh like a put together is very very involved in like uh analytics and you know trusting the process here uh we're we're not trusting the process we want to win now yeah we got to win today like uh yeah a few years down the line some of these players get really develop and they're like no this film was really about taking somebody's raw talent and making them an nba superstar within like five minutes you're like you're 22 mm-hmm. this is the last possible year we can make this happen we have to do it and i'm i have to bet on black here or 
or not black, but whatever, <laughs> you know, you have to put it all, all your chips on the table uh, for this one guy. And we see Adam Sandler really do like he does like um, almost risk his career um, and his livelihood for this kid. Mm hmm. Also, it seems like that there is like a like a real like overlap between scouting and coaching here uh, in the case of Stan Sugarman. Now, again, I, I'm not an NBA guy. Uh, you know, I probably know like a lot more about how things work with uh, Major League Baseball and with the NFL for sure. But I don't really know uh, if like you go from being like a scout to a coach. Is that the same skill set? Definitely sounds like a pipeline in this movie, right? Like I've been in mm-hmm. this business for thirty years. When is it my shot to be assistant? When, when coach? do I get to be? Yeah, when do I get to be assistant coach? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where he probably would have been an, a decent coach. He's probably made it uh, very clear that that's what he wanted to do. But you know, just through his like likability and the because like, everybody in the movie seems to love Stan Sugarman, and so I like I think what it is is that the organization just kept him around because like. One day you could get your shot. We love you too much to let you go. And he became a very good scout, but he never wanted to be a scout in the first place. It's just kind of like they've been kind of holding that role. Like one day this could be yours. And then this was the film where he finally got the shot. But I don't think um, like it's necessarily a pipeline from scout to assistant coach to head coach to, you know, probably a general manager to owner. Um, yeah, in the story, Robert Duvall is the owner of the 76ers, and basically he saw Stan Sugarman at Temple and saw him as a guy who would never give up. And so he gave him a shot after we find out later uh, that he was in uh, involved in a car accident, um, that he was checking his radio. Uh, that The film was sort of like, didn't really clear up uh, if he was uh, intoxicated when this was happening. He said, I had a few drinks and uh, I checked the radio. Okay. Yeah, but that Check doesn't mean it. intoxicated, but I think it's supposed to like be leading us to believe that. Um, but regardless, even if it was two drinks and he did the thing where he checked his radio, got in a car accident, he went to jail for six months. So there was enough mm-hmm. on his, uh, like his blood, you know, or whatever, his tox screening to to indicate that he probably needed to sit it, sit it out for a while and that he was, um, you know, the the person who was to blame for that accident. Yeah. You know, what I thought was weird was that when he tells the story finally of like his backstory uh, that he talks about how that he ended up like uh, sticking his arm out uh, during the accident and saved Leon's life in the movie. Um, And but he but like the he has like one arm that has like uh, like scars on and the other arm is sort of like in like a sling a little bit like uh, he has like some sort of like a. I don't know what you would exactly you would you would call that, but um, you would think it would be the arm that he stuck out. Um, but no, it looks like it's his left hand. See, yeah, Unless he I was would... driving in England. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they never indicated that, that he was driving in England. I thought that he like attempted to save Leon and, and failed. Like Leon lived, but it wasn't any of his doing, and his hand just got jacked up in the in the in the mix. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, he's wearing like a brace almost on his wrist. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. it's a cast, sometimes it's not. He takes it off. It looks like it's very. He's like holding a cup of coffee a lot too. Yeah, but it also it looks like um, like whatever it is is permanent damage because he's been in the NBA or you know working for the the league in whatever capacity for thirty years, and this was back when he was in college. You know, right before the NCAA uh, championship. So whatever it is, he really screwed it up. Leon seems to be doing fine though. Mm-hmm. Did you buy that Adam Sandler was playing uh, Division One basketball? No, 
I never, I never, like, I never get that. But Adam Sandler, um, he gives you big coach energy, you know, like, oh, like I could be a coach, but a player? No, 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 no. Uh, but again, that's what he's, they even worked that into the film in ways. They were saying, you know, when I, when I was in college, people used to call me chubby and short and all this other stuff and be like, oh, mm-hmm. how can you play ball? But he was really good. And, you know, like sometimes, you know, you don't necessarily look like the athlete that you are. I don't think Adam Sandler had, could ever be that guy, but I think that like he did a good job selling that, you know, this might've been a dream deferred because remember his goal was not to play in the NBA. His goal, his life goal was to be a coach. So he knew mm-hmm. there was a ceiling to his success when it came to actually handling the ball. Yeah. I think Adam Sandler does play a lot of basketball. Yeah. I see him all the time. Like I think, well, I used to, I think back in uh before the COVID days, I used to see like random viral videos of Adam Sandler hooping. Um, and I think mm-hmm. he's played basketball in other films, uh, if I remember correctly. But I don't, I can't place one. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I, if I, I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying, but I don't think I've seen it. Uh, but I'm sure he's played basketball in other things. At least I've seen him uh, out there with The Rock at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not with in a movie with The Rock. No, 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 no. Well, maybe I don't look. It's hard. I missed a lot of these Adam Sandler properties too. Maybe, maybe he has in a movie with The Rock, and it was a basketball movie. Or that's the movie we should be creating. Okay, mm-hmm. Adam yeah. Sandler is playing. I mean, The Rock is obviously going to be The Rock, so he can't be like this young, up and coming superstar in the basketball. But he could be like, be like his rival coach or something. I don't know. I mean, there's something there. We could we can yeah. workshop that. We can make it happen. Well, interesting that I feel like that Adam Sandler has uh, almost completed like all of the major sports uh, in his in his films. So if we finally have uh, Adam Sandler in a basketball movie, uh, he played football in The Water Boy. Uh, Happy hey. Gilmore is kind of a twofer of hockey and golf. Uh, you know what it was? The Longest Yard. In the longest he, yard, he's played basketball. Yeah, yeah he played basketball in that, movie. but it's a football movie. He played basketball on the in the jail uh, on the jail uh, like uh, prison mm-hmm. yard or whatever um, to recruit the football players. I remember. Um, yeah, that's what it is. I, I remember him getting dunked on and fouled a lot. And he, you know, Adam Sandler. If nothing else, he's going to show you that he can he can take a beating um, in his films. And so, uh, yeah, that's what it was. But I didn't even realize that. Yeah, between Hustle, The Water Boy, Happy Gilmore, The Longest Yard, um, big sports guy. Yeah, covering a lot of ground uh, in the different sports. All right. So, yes, uh, Stan Sugarman, he is out there looking for the uh, next great talent. Uh, and he goes and he, and he scouts a guy in Spain. Oh, no, he's in Greece, I think, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, some guy named Haas. And he says, don't draft him. Yeah, I mean, this is his bag. He goes, he watches, he's really good at the scouting thing. He's been doing it for a long time. And he just doesn't think Haas is giving what needs to be gave at this point. You know, like they're saying that Haas is going to be this guy, but he's like, I don't think, I don't see it for him. Um, he also had to recruit, um, well, he went to go talk to another guy, uh, Big Serbia was the guy's yeah. name. And the guy yes. was like trying to pass himself off as being 22 when clearly he was not. He also had a, like he was saying like, I'm 22 and this is my 10 year old son. There was a lot going on there, but they kind of just brush right on past it. Yeah, but then at the end of the movie, he's like at the uh, game that all the coaches are at, right? Uh, and they say, oh, the Mavs think he's 18. So, like, if you think a guy is 18, uh, can you just draft him? 
Well, that was the thing. He's like, you need a birth certificate because you're 22. You're 22 in quotation marks. He's like, so this will be the last time you could get drafted. And he's like, oh, I have a birth certificate. Uh, there was a big uh, fire happened. And then they never touch mm-hmm. on it again until he shows up at the game as an 18-year-old playing for the Mavericks. Um, which, yeah. of course, I was like, of course you are. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, I liked when his son came in. And then like, uh, like, how old is he? He's like, oh, he's 10. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And his, the son is clearly like six foot five. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Ten years yeah. old, I'm sure. So, yeah, he says, uh, don't draft Haas, uh, that the owner has a son and uh, the son, very punchable face, right? Mm-hmm. Throughout the film, I kept trying to figure out, is there something else I know this guy, Vince Merrick, ben from? Ben Foster is his real name, the actor. Yeah. I feel like we wanted to punch him before, though, in different films. Like, hmm. what else has Ben Foster been in? Because I was like prepared to fight this individual, and I don't really know him that well. Yuma? I don't think I saw Three Ten to Yuma. Mm-hmm. I can't lie. Maybe, maybe I didn't want to punch him before, but I definitely did after watching this. Yeah, I don't know anything else that he was in that I would have seen him in. Yeah, hmm. I mean, whatever it was, he's clearly a villain. Uh, but he, he looks so familiar. Six feet under. Yeah, so he's like, this guy has a face that just really, really makes you want to hit him, you know? And like, you know, I'm sure in, in real life, he's a nice person or whatever. But in this film, he was leaning into it. You know what? He was in X-Men, The Last Stand. He yes, uh, played yes. Angel. But that wasn't a punchable character either. I really want to know why I recognize this guy. I'll have to think about it. Um, it'll probably mm-hmm. come to me later on. Yeah. And he really has an axe to grind for some reason with uh, Stan Sugarman. And they don't really ever explain why. And I, I think that maybe because the, the owner of the team, Robert Duvall, his dad, like took a liking to him. And I don't know if it's like, uh, you know, dad never liked me, but but they never really that was never said in the film. You're doing a lot of heavy lifting with that. I'm doing uh, some like, heavy lifting. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm inventing I mean- a subplot that wasn't there. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. The movie would have been a pinch better, you know, had they explored mm-hmm. that. But it was this movie's not about that. This movie's about basketball. And so I think it was just we were led to believe that he just didn't like the cut of his jib. You know, like it just something about them just didn't really mesh. Um, it, and it's clear from jump that neither one of them like each other very much. Um, but because we are given Adam Sandler's perspective or Stan's perspective, we really get a good hating into uh, Vince Merrick very quickly. Yeah, because I feel like if I was the owner of a team, you know, I'd want to keep the good scouts around. And I don't know if they don't even make it like where, you know, oh, he only has yes men around because Adam Sandler like uh, like kowtows to him. Like uh, the the dad is like, hey, I didn't like it how you back down to my son. It wasn't like that. He like uh, it's like, hey, you're an idiot. You're you want to draft this guy. He was like, oh, OK. All right. All right. OK. Yeah. Uh, I see what you're saying. Uh, and just basically like, um, you know, let let him draft the guy. He put up a fight, but I think his argument was, I mean, y'all were going to do what he wanted him, y'all to do anyway. Just, let's, just, let's just cut to the chase. Why would I piss off everybody by really putting my foot down? And ultimately, we know you're going to listen to your son. Stop it. Um, but we're led to believe that that's just not the case. And that Rex Merrick, the, uh, the current owner of the team, would have really taken into consideration um, Stan's suggestion. Uh, but we never really find that out. Because he tells Stan, like, hey, I'm giving you the, the opportunity of a lifetime. The thing you've been waiting for this entire time. Here is this tiny office. You can be my assistant coach now. And I think everything is looking up at that point. Yeah, he's very excited. Uh, he tells his wife. I thought this was interesting casting here. Of Adam Sandler's wife in the film is played by 
Queen Latifah, an on-screen couple that I, I never imagined together. Here they are. Chappelle, what did you think of uh, Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah? If if you know me well enough, you'll know I stand the queen. Uh, Dana Owens, that's my girl. And so I mm-hmm. saw her and was like, really? Okay, this is uh this is different. But Queen Latifah has had some interesting love interests in the past too. Like this is not the most um like uh like ridiculous one to me. Like, I was like it it definitely looks odd, but love is love. And yeah, so but did you feel like they had chemistry in the film? They had like 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 friends, you know, like, I thought they, seemed like, like they seemed like they were friends more than like uh I, I didn't really see a, a lot especially when you know, he made it sound like, oh, she's so jealous. Uh, you know, I can't look at any other women uh, because she gets so jealous. Like, uh, I wasn't really, you know, uh, getting that from this couple on screen. Yeah, it feels like like maybe her role could have been like maybe he was trying to date her or something like that. And she already had a daughter or something or maybe or maybe she was like the real like the best friend that, you know, the will they won't they maybe like, oh, yeah. they're so nice and they have chemistry. But why don't they work out? But clearly they just don't they just not there, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was an interesting choice. But I again, I'm never going to complain about Queen Latifah in any role. I mean, she's amazing. And so I think Adam Sandler, I wonder if he called Queen Latifah personally. I think that's the real question I have is like, was he like, mm-hmm. give me the queen, um, you know, to be in this role? Because I mean, Jennifer Aniston's right there. So um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Although I think the part of it was that was, was she, uh, I, I know she was a college athlete. Was she a, a women's basketball player? Yeah, I believe so. I, I, I believe she played basketball a little bit. I don't know if that was um, integral to the plot, but I don't know if you're going to buy Jennifer no. Aniston on the you know uh, wi- Temple women's basketball team. Well, that was the thing. I think in real life she might have played basketball, but on this movie, uh, her character was on the track team. He's oh, like, oh, team. the track team like bus broke down, and it, uh, they had to bum a ride back with this uh, basketball team, and they sat by each other on the bus the whole time. He never spoke to her because he was so intimidated. And then right right before she got off the bus, he just yells out like, "One day you're going to be my wife, and we're going to have a very athletic child." And he was half right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a child, but she, the, 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 she's not very athletic. She's not athletic at all. They said she trips and falls playing chess, I believe, and I thought that was very mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's basically uh, the setup. Um, yeah, I thought it was also an awkward introduction of the character. He comes home and um, you know he wants to, the daughter to give him a hug. He's like, "Okay, no hug for dad. Come on." And uh, <laughs> then like uh, Queen Latifah really uh, the, threw off the whole scene. I thought. Yeah, um, it seemed like it was going to be a some, touchy some moment. Developments, yeah. Yeah, there was a little bit going on there. Uh, but yeah, he came home with good news. You know, he's like, he's like trying to tell them, I'm I'm going to be the assistant basketball coach. But Queen Latifah's like, yeah, but your kid is not doing her homework. So maybe focus on that a little bit. But yeah. I do think the, the basketball coach revelation really uh, like smoothed that moment over. And now the two of them are so happy. Uh, you know, this is the moment he's been waiting for. So I was very happy to see this. But I knew, you know, this is the very beginning of the movie. The ball is about to drop. Um, figuratively, of course. Yeah, and then the daughter, what she wants to, she wants to go watch uh, the Evil Dead in a graveyard. Is that what like sixteen year old kids do now? I guess. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> that's a very specific child. Remember, his daughter is not athletic, but she does want to get into film school. So I, film that school. feels like a very film school thing to do. Like I want to go watch a movie in in a in a cemetery or something. You know, okay. so maybe that's like, like that, what that's Phil Thompson brand. does on the weekend. 
Oh, hundred percent. Have you met him? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's like always at a cemetery. Literally, got to pry him out of graveyards. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After uh, you know, there's some happy news for Stan. He's uh, you know, excited about that. Uh bad news on the radio, the owner of the 76ers has died. I thought it was gonna be like, oh, he gave me a promotion and then he didn't tell anybody and he died. But it seems like he at least had told his daughter that he was giving Stan the promotion because I mean there's nothing worse than it's like, okay. You get the the keys to the castle, and then uh, you know the guy ends up dying before anybody else knows about it. It's like rain on a wedding yeah. <laughs> day. You know, <laughs> um, you know um, I thought the same thing. Honestly, I thought when we got the news that Rex died, I thought he was going to be like, "No, seriously, I'm the assistant coach." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, Stan, get back on the road." He's like, "No, I mm. promise. That, that I have an office." They're like, "You mean that closet?" You know. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not the direction they went in. I actually thought it was very interesting how they uh, how he found out about the the death of Rex. He didn't get a text or a call as close as he is, but he heard about it on the radio and the radio was doing like a lot of work to make you know that Rex is like the pride of Philadelphia. Like he he came from nothing. Like we we've never lost a more impactful person in this world. Like, okay, we mm-hmm. get like, no, no, you don't understand. He was like, a billionaire, but he was he, our billionaire. He was our billionaire. Like, what are we gonna do? This boy is just never like be us. Yeah. yeah. They literally yelled, he's just like us on the radio. So I was like, okay. I kind of understand now what, what's happening. Uh, yeah, this is the worst case scenario for Stan because now he has to bounce back. He, I mean, like he knows this was the role he was supposed to do, but he was supposed to do it under the tutelage of like his mentor and friend uh, Rex. And so now he has to deal with the the loss of his uh his yeah. guy, and um, you know, it's a little sad. Can we explore that for a second, Chappelle? Are, are there beloved sports owners, especially no. ones who have not won? Where, like, I think that maybe you might run into a Pats fan like uh, Robert Kraft, greatest owner ever. Uh, but if if you're the 76ers who, you know, don't have a ton of titles to mm-hmm. speak of, do you have a beloved owner? 
Listen, Josh Green is somewhere like flipping tables right now. Um, I honestly, I, I just really think that like they were like I said, they were doing a lot right there, just really trying to make us believe like, no, this is our guy. He is the product of the town. He is the product of the state. Like we, he is everything that we need here. Like so, what if we don't win shit? He is like he's our own, and we have to support it. And so. Yeah, I think that's what it is. So I think in real life, no, you don't get that. I think when you start losing Especially, enough, people are out. You know, famously, you know, the 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 wonderful Philadelphia sports fans. Uh, that you would not think that, that is their thing. It's like, hey, we love the hell out of this guy. We don't care if we win. It's not about winning around here. We just love the yeah, guy. Not, not in Philly, huh? Yeah, again, the, Josh Green is typing furiously as we speak. Um, yeah, this is just one of those things where... I was watching and I was like, okay, that's curious. But, but again, I wanted Stan to quit his job for a number of mm-hmm. reasons. And that is probably one of them. Like you could probably find a more forgiving fan base somewhere else. Right. And it seems like that, like the first day at work, uh, the owner's son is like, all right, Stan, we need you back out here on the, on the road. You got to go find the guy. Well, so what happens is there's like a small time jump. Well, so we find and out three that, months later. Yeah. Yeah. Three months later, we see that, um, <laughs> that they went ahead and they drafted Haas. You know, like yeah. Stan was saying, we're not doing that. Rex was saying, I got you, Stan. I, I believe in you. But once he died, all bets were off. And Vince is like, I'm still drafting my guy because I'll kill somebody if I see him in somebody else's jersey. So he mm-hmm. doesn't have to murder anybody. He just drafts who he wants to. But Haas is not the guy. Uh, Stan is trying to coach him to the best of his ability. But honestly, we all can agree that Haas is not the guy. So at this point, Vince has to like call an audible, if you will. Kind of um, early to close the book on Haas, like three months into an NBA player's career, though, right? I think they had a really good draft pick. I, I do. I think they like like mm-hmm. they, I think they really went all in on him, and that's why it's like, Ooh, what's happening here? Like he's a bust. Um, yeah, and Vince is also really. Um, like he's really motivated to make his mark. Like he really wants to make the big move. Mm-hmm. And so like this wasn't big enough. So he's like, okay, we need to go bigger and we can find another assistant coach, but we can't find a better scout. So get out there and make it happen. A part of me thinks that because he hates Stan, this is why he's doing this. Um, because Stan does put up a legit argument why he shouldn't have to do this. Like I'm the assistant coach, but also it would be nice to actually spend time with my family. Like I haven't seen my daughter's birthdays since she was nine. Um, And Vin really seems to relish um, that he misses his birth. Like it was not really (laughs) ever explained why Vin hates Stan Sugarman so much. Like, uh, well, don't worry. You know, later on in the film, he's going to be like, "Uh, don't worry. The team will send her a gift. Don't worry. Looks like you're going to miss another birthday. Stan. (laughs) He went full uh, 80s villain in that moment. Like kiss your daughter. Goodbye. Like what? This man is just trying to feed his family, well, you jerk. <laughs> he was going to trade Joel Embiid for no He's reason other than he needs to make a splash. <laughs> He's an idiot. Um, and mm. an evil one at that. Um, but yeah, so he's like, Stan, get back out there. And if you bring me the next big thing, then you can have a spot as the assistant coach. But you got to go and get this thing done. And, you know, Initially, Stan's like, okay, I'll, I'll do it because how else am I going to get to this coaching spot that I had? It's right there. It was, I mean, it's at his fingertips. And so, I mean, why would he let it slip away? Yeah. But I do feel like that one of maybe like the major flaws in the film 
is mm-hmm. again, and I am not Mr. NBA. Make no mistake. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe I, I, I do not have like, uh, you know, the exact process uh, down. Okay. Don't trust my process. <laughs> However, I do believe the majority of NBA prospects do tend to come from college basketball, even yeah. high school basketball here in the United States. So um, I, I don't know necessarily like, uh, and I'm sure that there, there's a ton of like, uh, you know, basketball that happens overseas that's coming in. But I almost feel like that um, the, the, basically the 76ers are like locked in on, look, we're only looking at European talent. Okay. We need to find, you need to go there and find our next, our next big thing, or you can never come home. Yeah, I, I, maybe his like his um his uh region is the international region. Like he's supposed to go like over there. Like we have scouts here who handle like college basketball players here in the states. But maybe you go elsewhere, or maybe they've already like left no stone unturned in the states, and so he's like, they're, you know, they're looking for like not the bottom of the barrel, but they're really grasping for straws here, trying to find something, and so he knows. By now, with the draft upon us, I, I'm not going to find anybody new in college basketball that like doesn't already stand out. Like these people have already been selected. You honestly, you kind of already know who's going to be the top few picks like before they are even right. ready for the draft. Like you've been scouting these people since high school, so I think what it is is like okay, let me let me go over over here and see if there's something missing because there's, there's got to be something here. Because I mean, I feel like that one of the major flaws in the film, and, and maybe it's worth shooting a message to Akiva to just get the answer to this of like when Adam Sandler finds Bo Cruz in Spain and, and he tells his bosses like, okay, I found a guy. He's going to be really good. We got to get him here. And they're like, no, no, we don't want him. Like nobody else in the world knows about Bo Cruz. Why could they not have like signed him as an undrafted player? I have no clue. I, uh, you're yes. asking the wrong guy. We're gonna send these messages gonna, to Akiva. Yeah. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna message I actually, Akiva. Yeah. I actually have some breaking news. Akiva did send yeah. me his takes, but okay. a lot of them are about the end of the film as well. And so maybe uh, we'll wait to the end and uh, see if we've discussed all of it. Because if this was takes. the NFL, hypothetically, okay, and I'm an NFL scout and I work for the, I work for the Jets. And it's like, hey, we found the greatest guy ever. Nobody else, nobody else knows about this uh, defensive end. He's gonna be, he's gonna be incredible. Um, and then, and then the owner of the Jets like, no, we'll never draft him. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, like, what about after the draft? Can we just like nobody, yeah. like no, nobody else is competing with us for him. Let's just bring him into camp. I, I, I honestly think this was just the axe to grind because because there, there was no real reason for him to shoot him down so easily and. Look, Adam Sandler, you know, you do his calm voice very, very well. But, you know, he was emphatic about this. He's like, no, this is the guy. Like, I found him. And so for them to hear all of that passion in his voice and be like, no, I don't know. Like, have you thought about the intangibles? Like, really? Like, what is what are the logistics of this? Honestly, like, what is, does it, is he a team player? How does he play? Like, well, how will he fit with the organization? Once you start getting that pushback, I really think that they were just doing it to be spiteful. They didn't have any like undrafted or drafted. They had no intention of giving Stan that spot because honestly, Vince didn't want Stan in that assistant coaching job. And so if he gave him the big guy that he wanted, he would have had to honor that deal. And I don't think there's any world where he was going to. Yeah. 
just seemed like uh, Vin's very spiteful about the whole thing, uh, and, and for for no apparent reason uh, whatsoever. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Adam Sandler is to go back to Europe. He goes to Spain, and he goes to he goes to go see a play, uh, a show, but or a, a game, and then uh, whatever. There's like some problem uh, with with the game, so he ends up like uh, he needs to just go play pickup ball. Yeah, he's got to go and decompress. So he's like, is there any place I could just shoot basketball? And so he finds himself at like a streetball court in Spain. And it's a big to do because there's this guy who's out there far and away better than everybody. And he's kind of like just he's got the handles that are just embarrassing all of his competitors. And then we see uh, Bo, our main character, or you know, whatever, the 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 hidden uh, gem of the film. Uh, kind of Yeah, comes out of the crowd and He's got his construction boots on, but he's like, I can guard this guy. Like, make no mistake. I got him. Next thing you know, they're putting mm-hmm. money on the game. Bets are made. They're at words exchange. It's getting very heated. But Bo makes like easy work of this person. I mean, he's like at, like blocking his shot, stealing the ball. Like, it's very embarrassing the way he does this guy. And it's clear that Bo has been doing this for a while and that he makes money doing it as well. So that's why we get yeah. the title Hustle. I, I like that they ended up uh, making his name be Bo Cruz, like the shortest name possible uh, when uh, the actor's real name is uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. And he's actually an NBA player. Yes. Uh, yeah, I saw that as well. I was like, uh, Bo Cruz is the shortest name that they could have gave Juancho here. Um but, you know, I think they, and they, they, they really lean into Bo Cruz's name. Uh, Adam Sandler throughout the film is trying to come up with a nickname for him, like a, like a catchy thing. He's calling the, the cruise missile. He's calling him, uh, he said people are going to get cruisified. So they're really trying to play on that a little bit instead of just being like, Wancho, you know, um, you know, they, they, they have a lot more wiggle room with Cruz, well, with Bo Cruz than they do with uh, Juan Alberto uh, Hernan Gomez Guerre. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's probably how they go with it. Okay, so I, I got an answer from Akiva. Ooh. Uh, and so what, what he's, I said, you know, uh, why couldn't the Sixers have just signed him as an undrafted free agent after the draft if nobody else was trying to get him? And he said, they could have. <laughs> so it would have been fine. Right. Um, I said, and I said, well, isn't that a big hole? And he, and he says that, uh, well, once they fired Adam Sandler, they wanted to spread the word about Bo and then every team knew about Bo, which made no sense why they, why they did that. I mean, could you ever imagine like the owner of a team just be like, Hey, I've got some, uh, some, some hot gossip to spread about a, uh, a prospect that nobody knows about. Okay. There's a guy from Spain. And he has an assault charge. Okay. Just so everybody knows. I want to let go. Like, like, um, could you imagine of, uh, like if a real like owner, like Mark Cuban, like got on like a a show just to like to smear some prospect. No, like I couldn't. It would just be so silly. But also Mark Cuban is the person who hears about this person's assault charge and be like, Hmm. Okay. Well, what? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just assault, right? Like, what what are they really doing here? Like, imagine if this was the NFL. Like, you say, oh, this player has an assault charge, and like five of the owners are like, okay, and you know, like, so so what about what about it? You know, um, can he play? Can he play? You know, so it wasn't the best idea, but we haven't even got that far um, because right now we're just dealing with Adam Sandler's character Stan trying to chase Bo down, right? To like recruit him. Well, the thing is, um. 
as a fan of a team, okay, and again, I am not a perfect uh, fan. But like for fan. the record, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I you just like, leave it that it's the NFL, okay. okay. Um, so it, it, in the NFL, like uh, you know, barring like you know horrific crimes, um, like I feel like that you know when you sort of like hear like uh, a player on your team has like you know maybe a checkered past. I think the the impulse of a lot of fans, not not look there, and there are better, you know, uh, more uh, like uh, you know holier people than me i think you say okay oh well oh, we got this guy at a discount because he had some sort of uh an incident in his past like maybe this is going to be the steal of the draft i don't know if like any like basketball fans were like hold on this guy had an assault six years ago uh all right i'm out i can't you know depending on again not a violent like he didn't kill somebody yeah and this is philadelphia there's a Steelers fan and like so there's a Steelers joke in here somewhere and I'm just gonna let it go. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I think you're right. I think that certain people and certain type of fans and to a certain extent, depending on the crime, are willing to be like, well, let's just hear them out. You know, let's let's look at the player holistically. And so yeah, if you're trying to keep like other teams from succeeding, you definitely don't want to throw out the idea that there is a viable option somewhere that might have a checkered pass. Um but also, this guy is really hell bent on burying Stan. You know, like that is his motivation. That's why he can't. We can't sign him in the first place. That's why we have to go live and tell everybody mm-hmm. that this happened because it's less about the team doing well and more about me just really hating this guy for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Like, who are the people that are interviewing this o- the owner of like, all right, uh, the owner of the Seventy Sixers are here to, is here to talk about somebody who is uh, like a un- maybe an undrafted prospect. Stan even called that a guy out. He's like, hey, you interviewer, remember that time you did that mm-hmm. stupid interview? Yeah, we heard that. He's like, this is Philly. We're not going to forget that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, cool. And just to go back to this for one second. So Akiva said, uh, so I said, like, basically, like, they could have just signed him as undrafted. He said um, that, sure, they could have they could have uh, hit him until after the draft. But Akiva said, what's in it for Bo? I don't think anyone has ever stashed an unknown player in NBA history. Like Bo didn't have anything. Like, what do you mean? What's it, what's in it to Bo? He says um, that he wants to be a top pick and get paid. He says that Bo wouldn't have gone along with being an undrafted free agent. The guy's working construction in Spain. He's not going to go along with being undrafted free agent. Uh, yeah. I mean, that does bring us. What back was to- his other option? Go home. Yeah, well, that brings us back to the recruiting part. You know, Adam Sandler chases him down, goes to his apartment in Spain, and it turns out that uh, Bo lives with his mom and his daughter. And there's some negotiation going on. Like, Adam Sandler is really trying to get him to understand, like, I'm not a creep I did, that followed you home. Like, I, I legit am a real person who can get you into the NBA to where he has to call, you know, my king, Dirk. And Dirk mm-hmm. has to have this phone call, like a FaceTime, and be like, no, Stan's legit. Um, after Dirk that, had a good fake out. No, Dirk is amazing. Uh, Dirk can do no wrong in my eyes. Uh, you know, what assault charge? But no, I'm kidding. Uh, but what happens is Dirk, you know, vouches for Stan. And then they go and have the conversation with uh, Bo and his mom and his daughter. And ultimately, Stan says the the salary, the minimum salary that he'd be getting is $900,000. And so for Bo, that's what's in it for him. That's it. Mm-hmm. $900,000. Goodbye. I don't want to work construction anymore. I'm tired of hustling on the basketball court when I could just go get, get paid to do what I love. And so I think he could have held out. 
But that's the league minimum, right? So if he uh-huh. makes the t- like, and again, I don't know what I don't know what you get paid to be on like uh, the practice squad. And again, I don't even know if they're like what the rules are of like if there is a practice uh, squad for the the NBA teams. But I gotta feel like you're, you're not getting nothing. Like, what is yeah. he making? It what is he making in construction? Not enough because he's out still hustling on the basketball court. Like he legit like has right. a he can't job. he can't buy sneakers. And right. I know he might be, he wants to be with his family. So maybe, maybe his other option was like, go and, and, and he'll get into like some sort of like, uh, you know, um, you know, a league in, uh, Greece or like someplace in Europe and play there. But you know, he didn't mm-hmm. have that many other alternatives. Yeah. I mean, there's like, uh, there's a barrier to entry even in, you know, in international leagues as well. So it's like, he's a clearly a good talent, but how does he get chosen by them? Like he doesn't know how to do that. So I think this is his only option. Honestly, is either keep doing what he's doing or take a stand up on his offer. And he does. And so, yeah, I think that yeah, I don't think they're waiting to be undrafted would have been a big issue for him. Mm-hmm. Look, as, yeah. as long as the money's there, I don't think he cares. Right. Um, I, I like that after the basketball game, Adam Sandler chases him onto the bus uh, and then does like uh, basically like we see this on 90 day fiance all the time, like the translator app that says basically like, Hey, I thought you looked, really good uh back there and you know i'd like to see uh more of you and you know you're really like a a fantasy for a guy like me uh i thought um bo has got the wrong idea well that's the thing like stan is using the translator app but he doesn't have to bo speaks english pretty well the problem is that like using the translator app on a full bus of people now the entire bus knows what you're saying like there's probably some people on the bus who don't speak english but now you said it's in english and uh whatever this native language is i don't think they were speaking spanish at some point i think they were speaking maybe, maybe something else uh but like yeah it just completely yeah no it was spanish yeah so they like he he tells now i said this creepy thing to them in two different languages and so bo mm-hmm. had reason to to kind of be weary of him at the very least but like I said, once Dirk gives you the seal of approval, you know, you just kind of go with it. Yeah. So, all right. Adam Sandler is going to bring Bo back to uh, the U.S. Uh, and, and we find out when he goes through customs, that's when uh, he gets flagged by customs that he has this assault charge that we find out uh, later on in the movie was that he got into uh, a dispute with uh, the mother of his child's new boyfriend. Yeah, the new boyfriend was like, well, you don't need to share custody because if you share custody, we don't we don't get the state benefits or whatever, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, for for having the kid. So we need you to basically um, make sure that Bo is not able to be in the child's life as much as he would like to. And so that led to Bo pulling up over there and they had an altercation, which led to the assault, uh, which now puts them at customs, getting hemmed up. Um Stan does a good job of like going to smooth things over. He ends up like having to, of course, talk to the league. I mean, to the the Sixers um, in-house counsel. And he tells them, just keep this under wraps. Like nobody needs to know. Because remember, Bo was not given the green light. The Sixers are not like they're not okay with him coming to the United States to potentially be drafted. But so Stan's like, you know, off the record between you and me, how about I just cover your fees for the day? Mm-hmm. You know, no worries. And the guy's like, yeah, just bring us a, uh, just bring us a, a, a victory. Just bring a championship back to Philly. And then the guy goes and snitches. What's that about? I don't know. Oh, he Why knows he where his, uh, bread is buttered. But is this how any of this works? Uh, that if you are like a, a, pro, a scout, like, uh, in Europe for basketball players, like, do you bring, do you bring the players home with you? Or are you just sort of like, uh, like, you know, hey, watch this tape. 
he sent the video and they said no. So I really think he's like, again, he's just going all you in. You need on to like, meet okay, this guy. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> see it in person. Like this does not do him justice at all. And so that's what he went with. And it didn't work out at first, you know, uh, the, the detaining him at customs were really like, um, a wrench in his plans. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So they're going to have him, uh, they, they put him up in a hotel. Okay. And that Bo has some interesting habits. Uh, I want to get your take on this, Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Bo orders a lot of room service. Okay. And he orders a lot of things and then um, just takes one bite of the things. Yeah. He says, like, what? I only take one bite so I don't get fat. Like, mm-hmm. you just, yeah, kind of looking at Adam Sandler, like, you know, get fat. Like, some of us, you know, um, but no, that was a that was a choice. I don't understand that, but you know, I think he's a variety is the spice of life, and so maybe he was just trying to try a little bit of everything. And he's a skinny guy, but you know, doesn't he need to eat? He was he ate. He just ate a little bit of everything. You know, it was like a mm-hmm. bite of this, a bite of that. I mean, if you put all together like his bites, then it's probably one whole sandwich at the very least. One whole sandwich. Uh, yeah. He's getting into the uh, nine dollar room service Pringles. Uh, that's a party foul. You never touch mm-hmm. the mini bar. I don't care how much money you got. Yeah, look, you just don't. It, 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 like Adam Sandler says it too here. Like you just don't do it. Nine dollar Pringles. I don't care how bad you want the Pringles. You don't. Yeah. You don't buy. You don't. And then he well, only ate one chip. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it. that he, he is, you know, expensing all this stuff to the Sixers at this point. He thinks that he yes. thinks he's expensing all this stuff to the Sixers. He's like. Obviously, this is an NBA team. You told me that minimum you'll pay me $900,000. You told me that I'm being drafted. So you don't have to worry about this anyway. The Sixers got it. And so from both point of view, he's not doing anything wrong. Like at the, at the end of the day, they're going to cover it. The problem is he doesn't know that all of this is um, under the table and that Stan is the one who's going to be covering this bill. Okay. So uh, we're going to take him to um, a... This is like a scrimmage of a bunch of the players that are going to be in the NFL draft or the NBA draft. And so uh, we're going to bring our our guy, Bo, over here. Uh, And Vin, he's going to be there. And we're going to see this uh, game between the top prospects, including uh, a guy by the name of Kermit Wiltz who's played by Anthony Edwards. Now, when I saw in the credits that Anthony Edwards was going to be in this film, Mm -hmm. I said, oh, okay. All right. Well, let's get uh, Goose back here (laughs) of of ER fame, Anthony Edwards. (laughs) Why would you think that? (laughs) Like, Why would ER pop in your head? What would he do? Like, if you had to cast... uh, Anthony Charles Edwards in this role, what would he, what, would he be like a, uh, like a coach? Like what yeah, is his I role mean, here? What are you saying? There's not a lot of like old bald white guys in this movie. Like, uh, nope, they're all over one. the place. I don't, yeah. know, really? I don't think there's too many. There's a lot of like okay. NBA executives. Like maybe he could have played like Adam Silver. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. You could have brought it. I mean, is he the person you want to go to though for that? Like really? <laughs> Like, do you think he could pull it off? That's all I'm saying. Anthony Edwards is like a fine gentleman, but you know, Uh, you're getting a lot. (laughs) Not, not that Anthony Edwards. (laughs) Yeah, not him. You know, Anthony Edwards is. Uh, wasn't he recently in the the new Top Gun? Did you go see it? I don't. (laughs) I talked about this on another podcast. I I don't think he's in the new Top Gun. What? He's not. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's not in Top Gun Maverick. 
<laughs> what? That's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I think yeah. there's a there's a good reason why. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to spoil the first Top Gun. Oh, okay. So talk yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that being said, so yeah. Uh, so uh, basketball player Anthony Edwards is here. Yes. Um, and this is the, the thing that like people don't Ant-Man. know. <laughs> yeah, people don't know about uh, about Bow It All. But everybody is ready to Survivor see. Bow It All. Yeah. <laughs> the, the greatest player around. No. So they He's they about to break it down. Stop it. Stop it. Um <laughs> they they don't know about Bo, but they do know about Kermit Wilts. He uh he shouldn't even be here. Like he he is the number two prospect in the country, but he wants to be number one. He thinks people are not taking him seriously enough. He really is vying for that number one spot. And so he is here to put on a clinic in front of everybody. Um, but he like little does he know, Bo is like Scottie Pippen and a wolf had a baby. And so he's here to put his own skills uh, on display as well. So that now Adam Sandler could be like, see, I told you, I told you the thing happened. Look at him. He's so great. We should draft him. Right? Like you see it. Uh, but things don't necessarily go as planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he it really it kind of would have been better if he didn't speak English, if he only spoke Spanish, because then uh, he would be impervious to the trash talk from guys like Kermit. But, you know, um, Bo is a l- little bit of a temper, mm-hmm. doesn't like it, especially as we find out later in the movie. Uh, you talk about his family. That's really going to he's just going to go uh, go wild. Yeah, Kermit. Kermit is hitting like like low hanging fruit at first. Like he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh uh, yeah, you're Spanish, huh? Okay, cool. Well, uh, I'm the matador and you're the bull. Ole, bitch. You know, like it's like, oh, okay. You know, that slowed me down. But you can mm-hmm. tell it's uh, it's kind of getting to um to Bo in this moment. Not so much like that part of it, but it's like the trash talk on top of the fact that I don't think he's played against anybody as skilled as Kermit. Uh, yet and so when Kermit starts to get momentum, you know Bo is is kind of losing it. He's getting angry. Yeah. He's getting frustrated. They say he's like a giraffe on roller skates. He's just sliding around the court, just like kind of lost. Um, and it's clear that somebody like Wilt, who's been playing since his AAU days, he's just like skill skill wise, he's just leaps and bounds better than Bo. Chappelle, were you buying that there is a young man named Kermit? Yeah. I know a Kermit. I know two Kermits. You do. You yeah. know two Kermits. I know two Kermits. I don't know why it's a popular name. Well, I won't say popular. I know two in my entire life. So you know that okay. that's not like to real say names, a lot. not not nicknames. No, no. no I know two. It's not like he can jump out of the gym. It's Kermit. <laughs> no, I know two actual Kermits. I knew one in high school. And I knew one in college. Uh, neither one of them are basketball player. I think one is a band director right now, a very successful one, and then the other one is making YouTube videos. So they're out okay. there. They they All they right. sp- sprinkled amongst. Um, they both black mm-hmm. though. I don't know if it's a black thing. I look into that. Okay, is Kermit the Frog black? I'm typing it now. <laughs> okay, inconclusive. We'll get back to it later. Yeah. Okay. All right. So basically, um, Bo is going to melt down, and uh, it's it's a bad look for Bo. It's a bad look for Bo, but it's also a bad look for Stan because Stan did all of this. Like he's like, maybe I rushed him in. It's it's too it's too fast, you know. Like what what's going to happen here? And this is when we have the altercation with him and Vince, where Vince is like, "Hey, Stan, that thing you tried, it didn't work." There, 
Right. Loser. Say goodbye to your daughter, bitch. She's like, oh my gosh. And this is where Stan finally puts his foot down. He says, kiss my fat ass. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. after your five-star hotels, he quit. He finally quit. He did it. He quit and, and said to Leon, uh, yeah, hey, can you get Bo into the uh, the combine? Get him in there. And Leon, we'll Leon, Leon seems like the guy with all the connections, you know, so he's like, I could probably, I can probably do you a little something, something. It's in six mm-hmm. weeks, so he has time to work his magic. Um, but, you know, Stan still hasn't told Bo any of this. Bo still thinks he's been, like, he's basically about to be drafted. Um, and so Stan goes to him and is like, I know you want to go home and it looks really bad. Like, you know, after this game, you probably won't be drafted, but if you put your mind to it, we can, we can work this out. We got six weeks. We're going to get you uh, in tip top uh, shape. And so he's basically Mm going to take him under his wing and train him to be at the NBA caliber player that he thinks he could be. Mm -hmm. The thing that is just like still confusing to me is Mm -hmm. Adam Sandler, at this point works for the Sixers. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's trying to do what's best for the Sixers. Like why he wants to showcase um, in front of everybody, Bo's talents. Like, I I don't know. Maybe Vin would not watch a private workout, like at the Sixers facility of like, Hey, because you would have a competitive advantage if you were the Sixers of, Hey, we know about this guy. Nobody else does. Even if we like went through the draft, like well, let's trade for the last pick of the second round and draft this guy, and n- nobody else, nobody else will have the rights to him. He hates Stan that much. He doesn't care. Like pettiness takes over at some point, mm-hmm. and I, I and so. honestly, I respect it. You know, to be like, it. yeah, if I'm gonna keep you away from your wife and kids, and like my alternative is like take a chance on this one guy that I don't know. Like, what's yeah, whatever. Let's do this. You know, it's worth yeah. the risk. And so what's I think that's really Vin? what it is. Right. What's in it for Vin? You know, because all of this is still under the table. Like, it's not like Stan is on the up and up, you know, and like this. He's like, I don't have to play ball with you because none of this is sanctioned currently. And so uh, he's just kind of got him between a rock and a hard stone. Okay, so uh, now Stan is like, all right, I got to start training this kid. Okay, I know we're going to start like and we and we do probably like maybe 15 minutes straight of just, uh, you know, we're going to get a lot of training montage. Yeah, this isn't the the longest one though. This is like okay. The, this is the a mini one. Yeah. This is like the this is where they set the tone for one at one point or another. We're gonna have the Rocky steps happen. Like you know, like not literally on the steps, but yes. you know what I'm saying. So he's like, you got to run up this hill. Most professional bikers can do this hill in two minutes. I need you to be able to run up this hill in a, a minute and forty five seconds. And so we show that Bo isn't in the best of shape. Um, you know, like he, they, there is some growth to be had there. It's not like Bo is this phenom that cannot be stopped. Like he has weaknesses, and so that's where it starts. Um, but you know, right then that that you know that we're going to eventually have him running up that hill, and you know, probably like punching the air. Like it's a Philly movie, so it's coming. Philly movie, yeah. You got to have yeah. somebody running upstairs in a Philly sports movie. You got and to. So, um, Queen Latifah has some reservations. So even though earlier in the movie, she was like, Hey, you should quit this job. Now that he has, he's like, ah, you know, are we okay? Um, it's unclear. Do, does, does Queen Latifah's character work? Is this, is he, the, is Stan the sole breadwinner in the family? I don't think we can tell. I don't think we can tell from this, but yeah, Queen Latifah has reservations because she doesn't know Stan has quit his job at first. Like what she's seeing is she told him to quit his job. She said, Hey, tell them to kiss your fat ass. But now she's like, Hey, we're getting these bills. 
Like, there's all this mm-hmm. room service, and why are you sending money to somebody uh, like in Spain? Like, what is that about? And why is there all these porn charges on my? Like, what is happening here? Yeah, he has to be like. Yes. He's that's when he's finally like, okay, I've been paying for all these things. Also, quit my job. That's why the Sixers aren't paying for these things. It's me. I'm doing it. And so she has to come to terms with this because she wanted him to quit his job. Maybe like when they have planned for it, when he hadn't basically kidnapped the 22 year old man and made him come live with them under like, you know, like on their dime. So, you know, in her mind, she thought quit your job and not create an entire bill for us. And like a, like a whole thing, a potential scandal, but he did it in a, in a different way. And so she just has to like come to terms with that. But he has backup. She is forgiving of that. She seems like she's going to work, help him work that out because she believes in him. But he also has his daughter who is trying to get into film school. And so she's recording the workouts. They, he has a good team surrounding him, even if it is just his family. So Stan goes and wakes up Bo in the morning and uh, basically get, brings a bunch of Tupperware from Queen Latifah and says, hey, uh, could you uh, knock it off with the uh, porn in the room also? Uh, and he's like, Bo's like, that, that's not me. That was, yeah, that was not it. me. Yeah. He's like, well, who is it? <sighs> yeah. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, you know, maybe look, that's when you tell them to, Hey, call the credit card company and tell them it's not you. It's fraud there. <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll cancel it. You, you're good for it. You, you used to work for the Sixers. I think they'll give you a pass. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, and this is where some of the workout montages are going again. It's really like the majority of the film at this point, uh, because you you have to see how Stan is not only getting him in shape physically, but also mentally. He's heckling him while they're trying to play basketball. Um, he's making fun of his porn addiction or, you know, whatever. But he's also like saying yeah. weird things about him just to kind of get under his skin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, he's basically he goes through the training doing doing good um he's coming to eating dinner at stan's house uh get a little of the backstory of how stan and uh queen latifah's character who is uh teresa uh mm-hmm. how they how they met and got together uh but this is when we see vin on tv uh and and vin is uh gonna has gone on tv to disparage poor poor bo cruz yeah like who you know, yeah, yeah. Like, well there, there's a guy there's a guy and he's a basketball player from spain okay and there's a guy who used to work for us and he's training him and i just want everybody to know bad guy bad this is uh this man has had a, an assault okay and nobody should draft him. Yeah. I, I think word just got back to Vince what was going on because it's very clear that Stan is trying to get his guy into the draft. Uh, and so I'm sure like people found out. And so when he got back to Vince, he's like, no, I got to shut this down. But not only do I have to trash Bo, I also have to trash Stan uh, because he's probably seen, you know, the footage at this point. Leon can only do so much. And once it looks like Bo is actually going to be a viable option for the draft, it's like, okay, how can I put a stop to this? He talks about the assault. But he also says Stan's just a like a lazy, disgruntled employee who's out with an axe to grind mm-hmm. acting this way. Like he cannot be trusted either, you know? Um, and so now every Everybody knows, including but Bo, that he's not going to be playing for the team. Not the, Chappelle, this is not the way the world of sports 
sports works. Like, for I mean, the, are you telling me like there was like um like the 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 Sixers fans were demanding like an investigation of like did the Sixers bring a prospect to Philadelphia that has an assault charge in his background? Like uh like uh, explain yourself, sir. Honestly, I think it might have been the other thing. Like, if you're a Sixers fan, let's just think about it. If you're a Sixers fan and you find out that there's this phenom out there from Spain that has just been wandering the streets of Philly. Like, people see him running up this hill. They see him training. And they're like, why isn't this guy on our team? We need yeah. answers. And they're like, oh, he's got an assault charge. Sorry. Like, ugh. Yeah. Dang it. But you I don't us. even think that he was, like, a viral presence yet. Like, I think no. that's, that that part is about to happen. Like, I don't think I people think it's just knew a rumor. A rumor. Look, Rob, I think it's the rumor. I think, you know, mm-hmm. like, listen, y- y- listen, you're a Jets fan. If you know Phil- there's a guy yeah, out Philly there. Philly fans be talking. Yeah, and it, it's like, word on the street is, there's this guy. It's like, yeah, but Stan left the le- Stan left the team. Yeah. Uh, it's like, no, nah, we really need to explore this. And so people start poking around, asking questions. Right. What, um, who is Bo? What is Bo? And then, like, it's like, I, that's it. I got to clear the record. This Bo guy yeah. is not what you think. He actually assaulted a guy one time. Like yeah. I, we can't we can't have that here. And he's from Spain. The Sixers Reddit is things. talking all about this guy. Yeah, yeah. The Twitter spaces are a buzz. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. And so he had to go on record. But again, also the fact that Stan is no longer with the organization might be public knowledge too. You know, he had just got hired as the as- assistant coach, and I'm sure people knew. And so if we're like, whatever happened to that assistant coach? He's like, he's scummy. He's out here kidnapping 22-year-old Spanish people and telling them that they're going to play here. You know, like, Vince has to set the record straight. Yeah. And Bo sees this, and he's and he's pissed. He walks off, and uh, he's like, I'm out of here. I'm he going home. He should be mad. He should be upset. Yeah. Like, you, he's been brought to under false pretenses. Like, this whole entire time, he thought, like... I am going to be drafted. I just have to get ready. And I, the Sixers are paying for all of this. And it's just not the case. It's just, it's just not. He's been lied to for, it seems like months mm-hmm. at this point, or at least at the very least weeks, um, because it's what, six weeks into the draft. So yeah, months at this point, he's been lied to. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's upset. And we already know he has a little bit of a temper. So I'm happy that he excused himself as opposed to just beating his ass. Well, it co- almost comes to blows where the, like mm-hmm. Stan follows him out into the street and Bo is like grabbed him by the collar and then like the police siren uh like uh turns on whoop, whoop, and whoop. then yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh Stan's like okay just uh, let me just just calm down just act normal uh yeah. and then uh they they they're able to you know uh, you know walk away from this yeah, and then they're in the car home, they exchange trauma stories, right? Like, we talk about the assault, like, okay, this is what happened. My my daughter's dad, uh, my, my daughter's mom's baby, uh, like, baby daddy's friend or whatever, like, their boyfriend was like, hey, I don't want you around her. We came, it came to, like, it got violent, whatever. Um, and then Stan tells his story about his car accident, you know, potential drunk driving accident, six months in jail, and how he never bounced back from that. Um, but we see that that's kind of, like, what they bond over a little bit. Um, Stan is basically just at begging at this point, anybody to just give Bo a shot. He's on the phone with Vince, like, please, as much as I did for your father, like just anybody, just listen to me. I swear. This is the thing. This is the next guy. Like, this is the guy he's up next. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking because Queen Latifah, the daughter, Alex, they're trying to be there for him, but Stan's going to give yeah. himself a attack if he keeps working himself up like this. Yeah, but there is some inspiration that comes from Teresa and she's going to tell him about, hey, 
Remember, it's not about the last play. It's about the next one, he says. Oh, that's for when you're in, in the game. Uh, no, no, even now. It's not about what just happened. He was right. <laughs> he was he was right. Honestly, the analogy Chappelle. works when you're playing the game. But if you're not actually in the game, who gives a damn what your last Chappelle, shot or your next might, shot was? No, this is, a, this is a universal. No, if your last shot was the losing shot and now the game yeah. is over and there is no next shot in the foreseeable future, that's it. I don't think the is analogy that not works true of when podcasting? you're unemployed. What, what, I mean, you've never had a bad podcast, but what, what if you incorrect. did? What if you I did? I bad podcast. Like, the people are still dragging us about our Pentaveric coverage. You just don't get it. Mm-hmm. They come directly to That's me. True. They, they said we weren't true, but, fair to it. But did you, did you did they dwell on it or did you think about the next one? I just, I, every day I pray that you're going to call me back. I, I don't know how else to tell yeah. you this, Rob. Like, it, look, it, it, I just sit by the phone. I, I can't, I can't uh, count my chickens before they hatch or whatever the case may be. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, I think the queen made a very good point here. Um, yeah, that's that stands go to advice for like his kid and for his basketball players when he's talking to them. But when you when you're not in the game, the next, there might not be a next shot. So I just feel like you could he could have worked that out a little bit better. You know, maybe it just is not a, it's not a one size fits all like analogy. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chappelle, the big comeback for Bo is going to start with where the daughter. Um, Alex. Alex. She has an idea. and she Because Adam Sandler, earlier in the film, had shown her a video of Dr. J dunking in a pickup game at 63 years old. And so she had said that, Hey, remember your, your doctor friend. Uh, <laughs> and, and she seems to think that Dr. J is an actual doctor. Yeah. Has gone to medical school. Yeah. You think she knows who baby Ruth is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if she knows uh, about the, uh, <laughs> the, the medical work of Dr. Dre. Yeah, I mean, who's to say Dr. J isn't a PhD? You know, I, I think so. You know, Shaq is a doctor. No one's probably and, no one's asking about and, his clinical no, it, his his clinical he's hours. A, he, he's a real doctor, or is this sort of like a, like how he's like an honorary sheriff? No, I think he's I think he's a real doctor. Honestly, I think he got his doctorate a couple of years ago. Oh my um, god! Yeah, EDD. Uh, he's in the same field I'm in. <laughs> Somehow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Shaq's in this movie. Yeah, Doctor Doctor Shaquille O'Neal, please be be respectful mm-hmm, please, of this title, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they say, okay, well, 
I thought they were gonna like be like, hey, let's just like uh like start like a YouTube channel. Uh like uh but they just like um are just gonna do a bunch of stuff. Uh they don't really get into they're sort of like platform agnostic. Yeah, it could be TikTok, could be Instagram, whatever. They're just trying to go viral. It could just be Twitter. But yeah. they, they say if we make enough videos of this guy and his amazing uh like skill set, especially now that Stan has coached him up. Like, no one's going to be able to ignore this. You know, Stan knows what he's talking about. And so with Dr. Mm-hmm. J um, as, like, giving his medical professional, like, advice and saying, you know, I'm a doctor. I, I am right about this. People are able to see that Bo is the next big thing. Like They basically set up a, a, a game where if you can get a shot off and hit the rim, like, like Adam Sandler will pay you out of pocket. If you can make a shot, he will pay you more out of pocket. And then if you can beat this man or at least score five points in a pickup game one-on-one against him, like we'll pay you a thousand dollars. And so this is bringing people far and wide. Cause they're like, at the very least I can hit the rim and get like a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. $50. So People mm-hmm. are coming. It's a big deal. And it's going viral. All the big NBA personalities and analysts are weighing in on it. Former players. I mean, you got, I mean, you see my, my new goat, Luca, is like, like, hey, this is, I know foreign players. And this guy is the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we saw Dan Patrick saying like, hey, this guy needs to be in the combine. Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson even spoke up. And, you know, mm-hmm. AI is, uh, he is the, he is the answer. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He said, "Are we are we talking about practice?" Right. Like, really? This is like, what are we practicing? Like, look at him. He's good. He's yeah. good. Ernie Johnson even is saying, "Like, uh, this young man needs to be in the combine." Uh, but was this plausible? Could somebody be viral on TikTok? And maybe there's a call to action at the end of each of these videos of where Adam Taylor. Uh, if you like what you see, uh, maybe uh, let's get Bo in the combine. Change.org petition. Yeah. You know, cl- click the link. If we get a thousand signatures or something like that, or 10,000, the, the way it was going viral with all these NBA players, honestly, I think you just bend the rules. Like, yeah. Chappelle, how big of a deal is the NBA combine? Is the NBA combine televised? I never I've, never even, I've never even heard of the NBA combine. I, I mean, I'm sure it exists, but I, like, I know like the, the NFL network, they, they have like, and I'm not on like NBA TV all, all the time. Um, but I don't. I don't even know. Like, when, when is the NBA Combine? I think Must be during is, the season. It, no, it's like May. Yeah, it's like May, like a week in May, maybe. I think I had a mm-hmm. friend who was like talking about it, but I don't think you can watch it on TV. Um, maybe, maybe you can. I don't know. I've never watched it. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those like it's just like a little week, like a like a normal combine. But yeah, it's it's uh in the middle of May. It's a normal and, combine. Yeah. Yeah, just typical your typical combine. Nothing special, you know. But uh, I don't. I don't. I've never heard like anybody actually going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get, I'm sure it exists, but just sort of like as a like a very very like a, you know casual NBA watcher. I've never heard any stories coming out of the NBA Combine, like not like the NFL Combine. Yeah, but there are always good articles, right? Like uh, there are always good like articles that will tell you like who you should be looking out for, like who showed up for the Combine. So although I might not see it, sometimes I'll catch like the stray article on Twitter or something and click on it and, and find out what happened. But no, by, by no means am I, Oh man, I gotta, can't wait for the combine to see who's up next. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's the NBA. You kind of already know yeah. who's up next. Well, I kind of feel like that. And again, this is me as a very casual observer. I feel like that these NBA drafts are like, you know, maybe like seven or eight players deep uh, that there's uh, and I don't even know if everybody goes to the, the combine that's at the top of the draft. 
I definitely am not watching the NBA draft. Like if I have a, like a choice, like I was like, I'm good. The NFL draft, I, will, I probably will never miss one, but the NBA draft, I'm like, man, it's fine. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not completely out of my realm. Maybe that's another question for Uncle Kiwi. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the question? Uh, do you have there, you ever, it, have you is, ever is seen there, the NBA combine? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> is that made up? No, I, mean, I know it's not made up, but you know whatever. Is, uh, okay, oh, I'll ask him that. Who uh, care about the NBA combine? Yeah, how about that? You know, <laughs> okay. again, I think it's a, a failure uh, of Akiva's, honestly, as a podcaster and a journalist, to not be on this episode to, of to Not be around when we're recording this podcast. Yeah, right. Okay. Like, how dare you? Like, you have a full time job. Quit. Hmm. All right. So yeah. uh, he's going to be in the combine and uh, the day before the combine, uh, they want to have him just relax. He seems a little down Chappelle. So what, what, what's going to br- lift his spirits? You know, they can't really understand why he's in such a funk and it's because he misses his daughter. You know, he's been gone, mm-hmm. but he's made it very clear that she is one of his like motivations in life, you know, and like she's the, re- you know, basically the reason why he got that assault charge, if you really look at it. And so they fly in the daughter and his mom and that, and that is supposed to like bring some of home to him. Uh, I'm, I'm happy they were able to pull this off. Cause you would think he would have done it before this. Like by now you should be trying to get this man, you know, a little piece of home since you kidnapped him from Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, once they bring in the daughter, he feels a little bit better. I think uh, Bo's like, Bo is really starting to feel himself in this moment. And I, as a viewer was thinking, okay, something else has to happen, right? Like this can't be the end. He's not just going to go to the combine and just be amazing. Right. Like, no, no. Fall flat. Yeah. Okay. So, um, he's going to go to the combine and, you know, is it looking good? Everybody's very impressed with Bo- Bo's progress and he is, uh, you know, getting a lot of attention from different people. Uh, but guess who else is here? It's Kermit. Yeah, (laughs) he's back. Um, This is the matchup we've been waiting to see. This is the rematch because we see Kermit has got the best of him uh, at the little uh, scrimmage that they had before. Um, And here uh, at the combine, you know, we have the new Bo, like a fully formed Bo. He's now a mix between Scottie Pippen and a wolf. If they had a baby and was raised by Lisa Leslie and Allen Iverson was his babysitter. So, Mm -hmm. Fully formed uh, Bo is ready, or at least he thinks he is, um, because mm-hmm. he's not prepared. I think he's kind of nervous, for one, um, but he's also not prepared for the amount of trash talk that um, Wilts here has for him. Yes, because, yeah, Kermit is uh, identifies a... So, uh, I see that your daughter is in the audience. Um, where is her mom? She must be shacking up with someone else, maybe. I could be your dog, your baby's hell. <laughs> Wouldn't uh, I be a good stepdad? Uh, what is happening? Um, man, I have a tear in my eye. Yeah, that's is, what happened. <laughs> is, or do, do you do you is that a baby that you have with your mom? Is that legal in Spain? <laughs> Kermit has all the trash talk. He really does. He really does. I was not prepared for this. I should have saw this coming. Um, man, I completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, this co- again, hearing Kermit talk trash like this will completely throw you off your game, as you can see. Yeah. Uh, and it had an effect on on Bo as well, because this is like the trigger. Because throughout the film, we've talked about the daughter a little bit. 
But every now and then, people will be like, well, why is he so angry? What is this chip on his shoulder? What is what is this weight he's carrying? And yeah. he really is just so protective of his family because his dad took off with some whore years ago. And so, well, at least that's what his mom said. Not my, Her words, yeah. not mine. But uh, because of that... He has tattoos about his like family on his on his right arm. He has a little a little bird uh, for his daughter on his right arm, but on his left arm he has nothing. There's nothing there because those are all the tattoos that he has for his dad, and so that just mm-hmm. shows you the level of like familial um, like uh, attachment he has, and you know, and like how that's his driving motivator. Um, his mom even tells him like, "You need to find a, you an oak tree. Like you need to let Stan be your strong oak tree because you're my strong oak tree," and so. All of this leads up to this moment where Kermit is like, I think this guy really likes his daughter. I should talk about that. And mm-hmm. it just rocks his world. Like he's not able to deal with it. And it almost gets physical. There's a moment where he looks like he's about to like beat the hell out of Kermit. Um, he stops himself, yeah. but the damage is done at that point. Chappelle, do you think that for the scouts, they're like, oh, Kermit's really good at talking trash. That's a really I- good uh, skill set. I don't think I don't think you're wrong. Uh, there's a point where Leon is talking to Stan throughout the film, and Stan's like, "He's got this assault charge. Who is going to want him?" And Leon's like, "Have you met Ron Artest? You know, like, yeah, beloved, <laughs> beloved star of of Beyond the Edge, Beyond the Edge, a celebrity big brother. Celebrity we love activism. him. We love Metal World Peace. But there was a time where he beat the crap out of the city of Detroit, mm-hmm. and and it shows. And so. He still had a career, so I think yeah, they're probably going to be a stand, uh, uh, like a scout that's like, okay, it's not bad, not bad. This trash talking thing, I mean, it works. Um, we see basketball players get away with a lot of trash talk on and off the court now, and you know now that people have podcasts and YouTube channels, uh, and I think it mm-hmm. does get other people's skins. I mean, Draymond Green, Patrick Beverly, they're doing a really good job at trash talking, so I think it's something that you could put on your resume. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I wonder if that's a skill set that you that you want. Would you like? Yeah, if you like have like the NBA two K whatever, and you're like, it's like your attributes. Yeah. You put your trash talk up to like a max. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes. That's if that's you get you like do. a legendary roaster like Jordan Kalish. Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> Jordan Kalish. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just how like about that. this, Chappelle? Is there an opening for a guy who could be a NBA player's writer? Okay, uh, that a guy who's like he can't play basketball, but he he can write like the, all the of like talk. the trash talk of like he's on Twitter. Like really, Chappelle, if somebody wanted to hire you for this position, um, trash talk? would you would you like okay? You're going on Twitter, you're finding okay. like all of the best like uh, like worst things that people are saying about these basketball players, and then there was a player. And he's like, all right, Chappelle, what do you got for me today? Like, all right, here's what here. Here's uh, here's the, the, the lineup for the Pistons. OK. Oh, no, this is. Yeah, this is the role I was born to play here. I, I, I really think I can sink my teeth into this one because like, I'm not a mean person, but I definitely find humor in some mean things. And so, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I could I could do this. I mean, you put me on a team. Give me like uh, Jordan Kalish, maybe MJC. Uh, Naomi is a good one. Like, let's, get, let's assemble a team uh, mm-hmm. after that roast. I mean, you got to have Mike Bloom there. Mm-hmm. This, uh, you could, we could have like a little agency going of just like, how do you we, could be like, an assistant coach? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think we could do this. I think this works. Okay. Yeah. This might be the one, but like, keep, keep the pin far away from Kalish though, because I mean, he's lethal. Like, yeah. you would have some real blood feuds after you finish like the Kalish roast. Yeah. If the 76ers had this, imagine. <laughs> what is it? I mean, they do have 
the Philadelphia fans. Like they do have that. They just yeah. haven't harnessed it correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there are worse okay. fan bases, make no mistake, but this is a good, this is a good fan base. If you're going to get some heckling. Yeah. All right. So then we're, all right, it goes bad at the combine for, for Bo, um, not, not going good. And basically, you know, um, that's it. Like his mom is trying to give him a pep talk, but um, you know, he's got, got nothing left to go to the airport. That's it. Yeah. Movie's over. Stan's got to drive him to the airport. Mom and, and sister, uh, mom and daughter are already on the plane somewhere. They're already on their way back to Spain, but uh, Stan's like, I'm sorry. You know, I brought you all the way out here. I dropped the ball. This is when Bo finally finds out that Stan has been paying for this, this entire time. He's been paying for his hotel, his room service, his porn, mm-hmm. you know? So, I think Bo is trying to take his mom's advice about like letting Stan kind of be there for him and really looking at the body of work here and saying, Stan, although he did lie to me, he's been taking care of me and actually I'm probably mm-hmm. in better shape than I've ever been in. He's given me all these opportunities. I've met these big basketball players. I talked to Dirk on the phone, like I met Dr. J, you know, like these, these are, these are big milestones. Like I was just a kid in Spain, just like working construction. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a, a like a total loss. And so, yeah. yeah, I'm not shocked that he's able yeah. to say, you know, maybe we should go and explore um, looking at Stan in a different light. Right. Was it a plot hole that um, Bo did not get any sort of like influencer deals or money? I mean, that he has gr- blown up to the point where Dan Patrick and Ernie Johnson are, are, are talking about him on television. We saw in in the movie uh, Senior Year. Rebel Wilson was getting all sorts of free stuff just for like making like an Instagram post. You're telling me that yeah. Bo could blow up to the point that he gets invited to the NBA combine, but wasn't getting any sort of like sneaker deals or anything. Yeah. I feel like he could have got something like he got a he lot got of followers yeah. at, at the very least. Yeah. At the very least he's making some TikTok money. Um, there's something there. I, I think they just breeze past it because the they real goal here important. is, yeah. is the real goal here is the NBA, right? Like that wasn't the story. Was, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So basically then, uh, he drops him off at the airport. He says, thank you. The coaching, you was the best month of my life. You know, kind of a little insulting to, you know, maybe Teresa and Alex back home. <sighs> well, he's always wanted to be a coach. He got I to coach, so. you know, that was his thing, you know, like sure. He, I mean, he'd already accomplished the, the big things with Teresa and Alex. Remember he told her like, my goal is to one day marry you and have an athletic child. Didn't quite hit the mark there. So yeah, I think this is when he was finally living his dream and then and, and being his best self uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then we get a phone call from Leon and, and he's having a thing. What, what was this thing? It's off the books, completely like behind the scenes. Nobody's going to know about it. It's just going to be some players and front office people. And they're going to be here, like kind of like taking one last look at all the talent before the draft It's like the, the press is not going to be involved. It's very much going to be like the combine here where it's like, no one's ever going to know what happened. Um, and so because of that, um, Stan now has to get, Bo off the plane, essentially, you know, like, well, I, I really, yeah, the, the timeline here was very questionable because once you get inside an airport, there's really no turning back in a lot of cases. <laughs> and so Stan's able to yeah. go and get him to come back. 
After there's a couple things in this movie phone? where like Adam Sandler, I think can teleport because there's one point where like a uh, Bo jumps off the bus and then goes through, cuts through an alley and goes to his house. And somehow Adam Sandler was still on the bus. Didn't know about the alley. Didn't know his address and still arrived at his house. Like, uh, I, I don't know. He's a, he's, he's, he's fast. He's very fast. And he was able he's to fast. get up the escalator and catch, um, this six foot seven gentleman with the, like who the longest yeah. strides in the world. He was able to catch Maybe him. He had him paged, uh, like a Bo can passenger Bo Cruz, please report to the courtesy desk. And Bo Cruz like, Oh, what is it now? I thought we cleared that mm-hmm. at customs. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Cause he's going through yeah. an international terminal and somehow Adam Sandler was able to get him back. Um, through customs or whatever. I don't know. Maybe he caught him right before he got there. Very weird. Yeah. But all that to say, he manages to get him just in time so they can make it to this um, like behind the scenes, like under the table basketball game. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, they get in there and now he and everybody is there. This is like, you know, NBA heaven. Mm-hmm. It's like, who's who of the NBA? Because they're trying to get one last run through before the draft. We need to find out who plays well with each other. Who, who's who's next up? Like Again, like you said, we saw Big Serbia has made it. He's 18 now, but he made it, mm-hmm. you know, so he made it. Yeah. And of course, he plays for the Mavs, which again. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Cuban is there, right? Uh, at some point, he's, he's, he's in the I credits. Yeah, yeah, he's in the credits. I don't know if I, I don't know if I was necessarily looking at him, looking like looking for him, but I think he's he got some credits, so he's there somewhere. Yeah, and now Bo is playing lights out. You can't you can't phase him. Kermit's got nothing. Even though Kermit's not really talking a lot of trash at this point, did you notice? Like he's out of material. Yeah, I mean, he's like once you once you once the daughter is gone, like what else are you going to talk about, Bo? On you know, uh, I think he really mm-hmm. could have probably tapped like tapped into that one more time. Heard you have a unhealthy relationship with pornography. <laughs> like you say it in that voice, I'm definitely going to miss the shot because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is hilarious. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. He ran out of material. Which if Kermit had the writers' room that I just assembled, Akiva put Akiva in the writers' room too because Akiva knows what he's mm-hmm. talking about. He's a funny guy too. Rob, you can join us as well. We really could just like market this skill because for somebody like Kermit, he really wanted to show up right here um, and make sure that Bo was not going to outshine him. But it's too late. Bo has become a fully formed basketball player that he was supposed to be. Yeah, and so we cut to five months later. The drafts are. We don't even get to see the draft. Yeah. Um, all we know is that Catherine. Um, Vin, uh, Vince's sister oh, is yeah. now taking yeah, a yeah. more active role and so because of that she's saying now that I'm in charge and Vince has screwed up his chance by basically just like burning all these bridges to make you look bad Stan I think there's a role for you somewhere and we might have to bring you in to help me out at the assistant coaching position so Catherine's in mm. charge uh, Doc Rivers is the coach and Stan has finally gotten his opportunity to be the assistant coach of the 76ers Yes. Okay. And so, yeah. So, and we get Doc Rivers showing up. Yeah. Does Doc Rivers uh, go and pick up all the coaches on the way to the game? Is that what happens? Yeah. He would. Yeah. He's like, where's Dan? Oh God. He's back in his office again. Let me go, they get go him. in his closet and bring him right. to the court. It was a nicer office. It really was. It looked like it leveled up a little bit. Yeah. We got a Maybe. good little time jump. We got Stan but what in his happened office. To Vin? Is, is, is Vince gone? Yeah. It sounds like he the, has, a, he has a, he he made the, the organization look bad, you know. So he had to take a step away. Catherine like had a to hostile step in. takeover, like they just like kicked him off the board. Yeah, I think so. Because Catherine said she was still going to be on the board. So I think when Catherine starts seeing all the dirt that Vince was doing with Stan, and she seems to be fond of Stan. Like succession, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would never know. I, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've never seen it. But uh, yeah, this seems like Catherine was got the board around and said, maybe we need a change. And the boy said, well, Kat, you step in for a while and see if we can get things, uh, the ball back rolling. Um, and so, yeah, um, Stan is oh. now in the role he was born to play. His daughter's gotten into film school and Bo has made it to the NBA. Chappelle, I know we're going to get some uh, nasty messages if we don't even acknowledge that one of the members of the Sixers brain trust in the film is played by none other than Jaleel White. Yep. <laughs> oh, we did it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. He <laughs> doesn't have much it. of a role, but he's no. there. He's there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, if we just started naming all the cameos and famous faces, I mean, mm-hmm. we named a lot of them, but we could have done that yeah. for at least an hour and a half. Uh, but yes, at the beginning of the film, throughout the film, he's on staff, uh, I guess, as part of the front office in a way. Um, but yeah, Jalil is there as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, all that to say, Bo makes it to the league. He is not, however, playing for the Sixers. Now, were you ready for that plot twist? Yeah, that was a big twist where then you expected him to be there and he's playing for the Celtics. Yeah, of all teams, like not to say anything bad about the Celtics, but if you're in a Sixer, do you really want the Celtics to have this player that you basically coached up? Like I would be I would stop at nothing to make sure that he wasn't on in our, you know, they they wouldn't draft him. They, They were on the record. They wouldn't draft him. I guess so. Well, there you go. He went over to the Celtics and I would be sick. Like I would be ready to fight. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, but whatever. He's happy. Bo is happy. They they meet at like center court. Stan's hugging him. He's almost like his child. You know, like yeah. yeah, kind of like raised him up. And we see that Bo even has the oak tree tattoo now, where his father's tattoos should be. Um, but this is to signify his uh relationship with Stan. Yeah. And Chappelle, do you feel like that? Is this an omen that if the Celtics came out of nowhere and got Bo Cruz in? This film is this a, is this an omen that maybe this could be the Celtics year? Oh man, I'm about to piss off a bunch of people. I'm rooting against the Celtics with every fiber of my being here. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm I'm rooting for them. Steph in this Curry film. is in the film. He is in the film. Uh, I'm rooting for the Celtics in this film. Yeah, that is all. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's it, Rob. I mean, That's aside it. from the, what is it, 20 minutes of, uh, of like, credits yeah, all, where we show yes. every basketball player who ever lived? Yes. Can we get the Akiva takes? Ah, uh, yes. Let me read the long-form uh, message from Akiva. I actually really wish we had more Akiva takes, honestly. Uh, let's see. Here are my takes. Why didn't they show the draft? That's valid. It felt like the whole movie built up to the draft and then nothing. Why are no, the no, no, how about so this? bad at how about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what what pick do you think that he was drafted at? Do you think he was in the first round? Um, I mean, how bad are the Celtics doing in this universe where like he's getting I mean, like, like yeah? What 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 year was it? Was it last year? What what what, what draft? Yeah, pick like, what was, was it? Yeah, what was the yeah? What was what what is what's history telling us about this? Like what? Uh, NBA draft. So okay, so let me let's look at what the what the picks the Celtics had. Okay, so uh, the Celtics looks like that they I don't even know if they had a first round pick. Okay. Uh they they had a 45. 45? Is that still right? Mhm. I can see it. Yeah. This guy's a relative unknown. He's he's a, he's like he's got some like he's got a checker pass. He's got like uh like he's got the internet behind him, but he's not like been vetted for years. And so I could see him fall into like 45. 
Yeah, maybe that's why they don't show the draft. I mean, I think it's hard yeah. to tell the story of like, uh, you know, the forty fifth draft. I don't think that's on TV. The second round of the, of the NBA draft. Well, wait till you see the Tom Brady movie when it comes out. What are they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah. So that's why. That's probably why they didn't show it. So that's a good point. Um, Akiva says, "Why are the seventy sixers so bad if they have Joel Embiid? Um, where is he in this movie? Why is he not in this film? Which is yes. another good question. What was he doing? Yes." Um, ESPN does have coverage of the NBA second round. Oh, okay, cool. Um, okay. I, I'm sure we could see Bo there at some point, um, mm-hmm. one day. Uh, let's see. No way Bo gets drafted after beating up Kermit in front of the scouts. That's probably it for him. Now that is a good point. Uh, he didn't punch mm-hmm. Kermit, but he, he got pretty physical with him. Like to, you know, and, and Kermit was like, beloved, you know, as far as like basketball mm-hmm. standards, not to say he's like a huge, like a great person in the film, but Definitely, like an AAU. I mean, he didn't beat player. him up. He did charge. He did charge him. Yeah, I mean, he tackled him. There was like a good, yeah. like, yeah, he like he could. He was, was a second away from punching him. I think they made some allowances um, yeah. there. Uh, what else is it? Um, is it going from assistant coach to stick out a massive pay de- demotion? Now that's probably fair too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, that's probably the worst part of the film that we didn't, we glossed over that, but yeah, for you to go to assistant coach to scout and then have to go spend all this money on this kid that you yeah. don't even know. Yeah. Queen Latifah might've been considering a divorce. Like so, this is real love. So scout pays better than assistant coach. No, he says going from assistant coach to scout. Cause remember uh, uh, Adam Sandler got that pay increase for like a, yeah. a minute before yeah, you wear died. a suit to be an assistant coach. Yeah. Yeah. He got a pay increase Right when Rex, but before Rex died, and then I'm sure they took it mm-hmm. away from him. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't like lower his pay because it was like a temporary thing. Like bring us the next big thing, and then you know we'll renegotiate yeah. your contract. Yeah. Um, Akiva says it seems like a big drop. Uh, where is the Sandman's Philly accent? He's been in Philly his whole life. Question mark. Um, do you think Adam Sandler has a Philly accent? Just in like the chamber? I don't think so. I, I don't think yeah, he has a ton of accents. Yeah. You think this is it? This is all we're getting? This is it. This is it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if Kenny Smith is an agent, does that mean inside the NBA is just Ernie Shaw and Charles? Um, Interesting. Because we did see inside mm-hmm. the NBA in this uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, and then he says, Hustle is kind of a generic name for this movie. Can you guys ah. come up with a better name for the movie? See? Rob, that brings us back full circle. I said at the end of this, what is our new name for the film? Rob, what do you have? Um, the oak tree. Eh, nah, boo. That, boo. Yeah, yeah, it's not enough. It's not enough okay. there. I, st- yeah. I, don't, I don't think they give us enough to work with. I wonder Here, if well, hold on. I wonder if this is maybe an NBA term. Uh, let's see. Uh, basketball terms. Okay, hustle, hustle is see. not a bad basketball term per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, fast break. Yeah, that's not horrible. Uh, fast break to the. I mean, it really was a good, a quick turnaround. Yeah. yeah. How about traveling? Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. If they if you put more emphasis on the fact that Adam Sandler hasn't seen his kids, <laughs> he's on the road all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what Vince should have said. Well, now you're going to be traveling. Say goodbye to your daughter. It's like, <laughs> oh no, not traveling. Then people yeah, maybe the also like, like one. One of the things that they have to work with, uh, like with Bo, he's like got like a lot of problems, like uh, with, with like handles. he's picking up like yeah, a lot of fouls, like uh, yeah, they got to work with him on his uh, ball handling skills. Oh no, another traveling call, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
the assist. The assist isn't bad. That's kind of yeah. like a uh, recruiting. Kind of yeah. assisting something. Assistant coach. The assistant. Assistant you know, coach. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's stuff yeah. there. I look. I got nothing. Honestly. Yeah. Let's see. Anger um, management. Anger or is that another film? <laughs> I was just that's, that's different. <laughs> different. Um, hmm. So, all right. I, I think I think we have some uh, some other things to to work with. Yeah, but yeah, Akiva is right. You're right. I think hustle is kind of generic. I think we could do better. But maybe maybe our listeners will give us some um, suggestions when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Chappelle. Should we talk about uh, what we're going to look at next? So well, I think some interesting things are coming to Netflix. What What do you think that we should look at next? Because I was looking at the the top ten movies. Did you yes. notice that um, you all's impact? I saw Mission Impossible four in the uh, in the top ten, and I was like, I'm sure that came up in like the the four Fast Two Furious conversations on Renap at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that with uh, Top Gun being hot right now, I, I think mm. that uh, they sort of like look to like, okay, well, what else are people looking for? Uh, there's another Mission Impossible movie that's around the corner also uh, that is going to um, be, I don't, I'm not sure if it's 2022, but I think that that's um, potentially uh, why that's going on. Okay. So, all right. Let's let's see. Okay, uh, we also you know always can circle back to the uh, My Little Pony uh, coming next week. Um, Man versus B. Uh, are are you at all familiar with uh, Rowan Atkinson? Um, Rowan Atkinson? Yes. Uh, I'm not very familiar with him. Look at me doing the Google. I'm sure like it's a name that I know. Mi- Mr. Bean. Oh God! Yeah, I I am not a Mr. Bean guy. Um, <laughs> like I watch it, but like I have a friend from college. She is a Mr. Bean gal, you know, and she's just like, I love Mr. Bean. I'm like I don't understand. I don't get it. Like, do you? Yes. Do you? Are you a Mr. Bean guy? I yeah, I, I a, used to be a big fan, a big big fan. Uh, a and, and, and apparently, he he gets a B in his house. I don't think he's playing Mr. Bean, but I think he's always playing Mr. Bean. For the is he part. not Mr. Bean in real life? Like, is he ever playing a character? Or is he just Mr. Bean? I, I think that people are like, hey, do the Mr. Bean thing. Yeah, I do mean, he, he's in other he's in other things that he's not quite Mr. Bean, but. Uh, like Mr. Bean, like famously, like doesn't really, uh, talk much. He said, well, he says like a few words, but, uh, looks like that it's, uh, Rowan Atkinson doing Rowan Atkinson things, uh, with a B. It's Sir Rowan Atkinson. You know, he was nice. Sir Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I like, I like keeping up with the, with the sirs and the dames in the world. I like to find out who, who the Royal people have, have put their stamp on. Okay. But that's not out till June 24th. Okay. Okay. So right. still, still a little bit of a ways away. Uh, there is the tribute to Bob Saget. Might be a little too uh, too much of a downer. I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to to watching it. Uh, the Dirty Daddy, the Bob Saget tribute. Should I change my name on Twitter to the Dirty Daddy as opposed to the Daddy Network the dir- as a Bob Saget tribute? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. whatever you say, whatever you say. I uh, know I agree with you, Rob. I, that might kind of be a little depressing to to talk about. Um, but like, I think yes. it's going to okay. be like a good TV moment. Also, uh, this might be interesting. Okay, we talked about this. Uh, speaking of Akiva, uh, this past week on uh, Robin Akiva the podcast, we uh, did Robin Akiva our extra where we talked about uh, what was going on every week on the uh, TV news show, entertainment news show extra. 
And they talked a lot about Jennifer Lopez this week. She has a new documentary coming to Netflix that is called Halftime. Now, I thought this might be about like, okay, this is about Jennifer Lopez's life. Halftime is sort of like that this is like taking a look at like the first half of her life. Uh, (laughs) But no, it's really all about uh, the, well, it's the multifaceted career, but also um, uh, a lot about the Super Bowl halftime show. Yes. Now, this has been on my radar for a while. Um, yes. We recently had a guest, uh, another doctor, Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz, who told me months ago that like J-Lo is kind of her thing. Like she's a oh. big J-Lo person. Like, yeah, like she's a doctor of Lopez, if you will. And then yes. like also the things that she does with like brain injuries and stuff. Um, and so Dr. Amanda would really like like she has thoughts. Now, I've seen some of the tweets about this upcoming thing. Yes. I've heard some of the statements about J-Lo. Apparently, she wasn't too happy with having to share that halftime stage yeah. with Shakira. And so yeah. um, I'd be interested Actually, to know what she's got she's got going on. Hmm? Yeah. So, so I, I think that maybe I maybe I was right. Uh, maybe it's like but I mean, I think it's against set against the backdrop of the Super Bowl halftime show with Shakira. I think it's like her preparation of like while she is getting ready to uh, film the Super Bowl halftime show with Shakira. She is looking back at her life. I, I think that that might be uh, what the premise is. Interesting. Also, uh, I, I see a little further down the road. Uh, there is coming July 8th. Uh, how to build a sex room. Yeah, what is that about? Uh, from a secret rock and roll dungeon to a next level spa, designer Melanie Rose dreams up erotic renovations for couples in this spicy reality series. Uh, didn't we talk about something like this before? No, no. We talked no. about, uh, there was a show that was about, uh, what was it? The pl- Something about pleasure. Uh, no, no, is... no, no. That's not what I'm thinking of. Remember when we talked about MTV Cribs and we found out that like, oh, uh, yeah. was it Big Sean was living in uh, Slash's house and he had like a, like a yes. I won't say a sex room, but he had like a, he, he had you know, like a basically like a stripper room. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, uh, yeah. And then they had repurposed it to something else. I think they made it like almost like a, a different mm-hmm. type of room or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I was getting at. But I, it sounds interesting, I guess. Yeah. So that, but that's not for a couple of weeks, Chappelle. It's like an HGTV show almost, right? Like it's how to build a sex room. It's less about the sex and more about the room. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so the halftime, uh, interesting. Also that Netflix, I think they, they just had like their, uh, Netflix is a joke special. And now I think like they're dropping like a million standup specials. Uh, Pete Davidson has a standup special on Netflix. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I wonder how that has gone. I, I, maybe we we've should never, ask we've never attempted that. Uh, a stand-up uh, special? A stand-up, spe- a stand-up special. Yeah, it's like, uh, what are we going to talk about? The jokes? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, just, I think one day might be a unique challenge. Yeah. No, I think, I, think it, I like a challenge, so I'm not opposed to it at all. We find a good comedian that people like, that has a mm-hmm. decent point of view and some good jokes, yeah. or some bad yeah. jokes, and we can talk about it. I'm not opposed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. All right. So, Chappelle, do you want to leave it open-ended? Or do you want to, do you want to, uh, I think we're leaning towards Jennifer Lopez. Is that, but is that next week? Like, when does that drop? Tuesday. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we could probably do a Tuesday and yeah, we could probably mm-hmm. go Wednesday or whatever. Like we could probably figure this one out. So I, mm-hmm. I think so. I think again, though, I think Dr. Amanda, we just had her on for the floor is lava too. But oh, are we going to get think- complaints too much? Dr. Amanda. 
No, 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 no. I'm saying that maybe Dr. Amanda's sick of us. Like, let me check. Yeah, like the turnaround. It's so much, so demanding Mm -hmm. for her. And this is a woman of science. So I want to check and make sure that she's good to go. But if she is, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So that's what we're leaning towards. Um, Find out next week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Robinswebsite.com slash Netflix feed. Chappelle, what's coming up for you? Um, I think there's been a lot going on and I didn't realize it. So I recently did um, a podcast appearance with um, Gia Worthy over on Silent Podcast. And we talked about our Black Survivor Mount Rushmore because a lot of times over the years, I don't know, 42 seasons or so, we find ourselves talking about these players that are from Survivor, but we know that because of the way editing was done back then and, you know, some some harmful stereotypes that the producers and the castmates were leaning into a lot of times, um, the Black Survivors really didn't get, um, like, their flowers. And so G and I sat around and we just talked about the Survivors that based on their edit or, you know, their limited time on the show, you probably wouldn't think of them as a favorite player, but how we really connected with them. And it was a time of my life. Honestly, I, I never got to talk about black survivor players like that with anybody. And so for two hours, G and I sat around on silent podcast and we produced a masterpiece of a podcast. And so did you walk that away with, with one list with the official not. or you have, or you have your own and she has her own. No, 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 no. It started off I have like to listen. that. I, I have to listen. Yeah. Yeah. After the conversation, it really got to be like, well, maybe how many more, like how many Mount Rushmore's do we have? And in what category of Mount Rushmore? Because we were trying to basically sum up all these players in one podcast that a lot of people really don't talk about a lot. And so uh, right. it was the, I had a blast. And so people can check that out on silent podcast um, and keep up with Gia's coverage over there on her. Uh, I don't know about that um, podcast um, for them. Um, because it was a blast. Uh, also, uh, Gia and I, we got to hang out with the Bitter Jurors pod, um, their coverage of Stan Watu, the Survivor of Vanuatu podcast hosted by Christine over there. It was amazing as well. They're doing a rewatch of Survivor Vanuatu. And so Gia and I were there for the premiere episode. Um, and we talked about uh, Rory as one of our, you know, Black Mount Rushmore potentially, but we also talked about you know how Rory caught that one stray vote from the feds um, in that episode, and it's not really explained. And so, check that out if you want to hear us laughing at Survivor Vanuatu because I still say it's an underrated season. Uh, other than I'm that, a big Rory fan, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, as you should be. And I'm still yeah. covering. I, I got um, to catch up with him uh, in the fall uh, that he came on, and we talked. We talked about a Survivor episode, and uh, that was uh, that, that was really fun for me. And uh, you know, he seemed to really appreciate it. Yeah, I, we are big Rory fans, G and I. And so, uh, yeah, check if you check out Stan Watu and then backdoor it with the uh, the Black Survivor Mount Rushmore thing, you're gonna get a lot of Rory praise from us. But check, yeah, check that out on the Bitter Jurors Pod or Stan Watu, if you will. Um, and then, of course, Bryce, Isaiah, and myself and Survivor Riri, Sharia, Doctor Sharia Lloyd are covering um, uh, P Valley uh, episodically. Uh, for the Purple Pants podcast. And so um, whenever that drops, we should have episode two out. But episode one is already out there already. And so if you're not a fan of P-Valley, but you're a fan of me and Bryce or Sharia, you check that out and you might be a fan of the show now because it's a good one. Um, but I think, uh, oh yeah. And I'm also going to be on the, the Shit 90 Shows Taught Me podcast to talk about Boy Meets World uh, this week. Um, I love when I get to go on there. Typically, it's a few weeks after Asia because she has wrong takes and then I have correct takes. And so I'm coming to correct the things that she did wrong. And I think this week I will also be on the 90 Day Fiance podcast talking to Puya. Ooh. Yes. Uh, so this is me, my second I appearance catch this up. season. I got to catch up. 
It's a good, good that's season. a good motivation for me to catch up on 90 day uh to hear you on the podcast yeah like I've, all your faves have been on trust me on this one and so like you, you definitely want to catch on catch up because it's a good season i am a gibbery uh apologist and so i'm coming on here to talk about that um but yeah i think i think that's it I know we got some stuff, some some funny stuff coming up with like a Brant Steel eventually. So I'm going to be around. But uh, yeah, people can follow me at Chappelle's underscore show to keep up with all of that. Okay. All right. Chappelle, great job uh, with everything. And of course, uh, thank you all so much for listening to our coverage of us. So check out everything else we're doing over at RobinsWebsite.com. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.